0: Good morning, it is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. That would make me Glenn Clark. Griffin is here, and it's been a little while. Uh, we didn't do a show last Friday. He was out a couple times, but great to be back together. Stan the Fan Charles, Chief Grand Poobah here at PressBox in studio with us. Good morning, my friend. Good
1: morning, good morning, good morning.
0: Good to see both of you again. Both of us were uh, up late watching tennis last night. Boy, it was a nice night of football and tennis. Thanks to everybody who came and hung out with us at Sports and Social down at Live Casino and Hotel. We had a uh, we really had a great time. Incredible crowd. crowd, incredible crowd. crowd. I mean, it was electric inside Sports and Social last night for the uh, kickoff. It was uh, such a cool How were the lines at the at the betting window? You can tell how mobile betting has impacted that because the lines like once upon a time we would do events there yeah. and people would give up. Like the lines were so insanely long to try to get your bets in. Right now, as I look up and, you know, and say a couple times, I was trying to tell people. By the way, look right now, the Lions have gone all the way up to plus 200 on the money line. Like, if you like the Lions coming in tonight, it's it's only a one score game right now. Mm. And I would see people get up and make the move in that moment because you had the more of the ability to do that. Um, just a great time, great time, great place to watch a game, great atmosphere. It's electric. Inside Sports and Social at Live Casino and Hotel. We really enjoyed being there and uh, looking forward to maybe doing some more of those as uh, football season continues. we got a lot to do today. Coming up this morning, uh, we got a lot of Ravens-Texans talk to get to. Bo Smolka, Pressbox Ravens beat writer, will join us. Adam Archileto, who will be on the call for CBS alongside Spiro Deeds and Didi Dee Dee Kinkabwala. And our friend Sean Salisbury, of course, former NFL quarterback, uh, now down in Houston as a talk show host. Good to catch up with Sean. We'll talk Texans with him, but we'll also talk Ravens with him because there are a few people that have a keen eye for football the way that Sean Salisbury does. So look forward to that, plus uh, Lamont Jordan, who's now part of the Maryland Football Broadcast Crew. They host Charlotte tomorrow night. Did you see the bit that Maryland's doing? This is actually a good bit. Anybody who had a Bruce Springsteen ticket, because the concert got canceled, very clever. Very they're giving clever. you five dollar tickets if you if you message their Twitter account and show them your tickets. Very stuff, clever idea. Very clever idea for a night where a lot of people had their plans canceled, and they're trying to take advantage of that. That was a clever thought. Uh,
1: it, it, last week, I didn't. I'm not saying I watched uh, the entire game, but every time I saw crowd shots, looked like they had a fairly decent crowd yeah, for, a for a Towson, Towson game, game, right? Yeah. yeah. The, the,
0: the the big thing was that like all of the students showed up. Like that's been an issue over the years, particularly for games like that, and the student section was packed. Has Locks has made that a? It's got to be a, a plan to, to get 100% them hundred percent, get yeah. them involved, get them to care a little bit, yeah. and um, that looked good. So we'll talk some Terps with Lamont Jordan this morning as well. Stand in the midst of all of that, uh, more good news for the Orioles yesterday as the Tampa Bay Rays lost one nothing to the Seattle Mariners. Thank you, Seattle. You have the true King Felix. We love you, at least for now. Four-game lead now for the Baltimore Orioles in the AL East with only a few weeks remaining as they get ready for the Red Sox. So it feels like most everyone in town has started setting their sights on lining up playoff rotation, lining up playoff roster, things like that. So you and I have not really... Dove into that in some time. I wanted to spend some time talking about it with you this morning. By the way, uh, on MLB trade rumors, they're
1: quoting a story by Jacob Calvin Meyer in the of the Baltimore Sun. Sun that indicates that John Means is going to be activated this weekend.
0: And that was wow. the expectation after, and I think Brandon Hyde had even sort of said that so much after his most recent rehab start. And that was the
1: five inning. He went no back runs, to back. One no, hit. that was the one
0: before. Okay. Then on. Wednesday night, he went five innings again, but he gave up three runs and six hits in that one. 67 pitches, if I remember correct, was the number in that start. So I guess we can kind of start there, because it will factor into our conversation about the playoff rotation. John Means returns. They have clearly been trying to ramp him up. Like, they have not been using him in rehab as if the plan is nothing but he pitches out of the bullpen the rest of the way, what do you think is the best way to go about using John Means as he returns?
1: Boy, I, I you know, I'm not shy or bashful about saying, you know, what I propose for certain pitchers. Mm-hmm. I think I proved to be right on Tyler Wells because I never said that Tyler Wells didn't have the stuff to be uh, a starting pitcher, but I thought that his proper role would have been to be the the guy leading to Bautista all season long, uh, and I think I was right about that. I think I was right about DL Hall being a relief pitcher, and that will be his strength in the big leagues. I don't know where John Means fits in, other than he's a smart, you know, a smart pitcher that I think, given what what comes up, he could start a game in the playoffs. Or he could be that guy that gets you from three and two-thirds by the starter into the sixth inning and gives you two and a third, two and two-thirds,
0: something like that. I feel like the complications of the conversation, to your point, the fact that we believe that his temperament, and I agree with you, that whatever his role is, we have an amount of faith in John Means being capable of handling that role. Handling it and accepting it. Correct.
1: This isn't the time. Maybe next spring – He'll want to say, "Hey, I'm you know, a by the way, I'm a, I'm a top of the rotation right. type of pitcher, but, but, right? But I think now he will do whatever, and I, and to his credit, Cole Irvin has done that this year now mm. too.
0: This no, could he, have been gone south. It. We had a, a yeah. nice conversation with him about it, yeah. and I thought his temperament was, yeah. you know, I, I thought he handled it, it, it completely appropriately. Yeah. I, I, I we'll go back to John Means for a second. I feel like the complicated part of the conversation is thinking about what's best for John Means, and then thinking about on the other side there's this very weird feeling right now where you got three starters that you have confidence in as long as their arms don't fall off as long as they stay healthy everybody's good at the moment with of course kramer now has moved completely to the good side he's been drastically more good kramer than bad kramer of late mm-hmm. everybody's of course confident in kyle bradish who has been this team's pitch best pitcher all season and even though he hasn't been dominant necessarily Grayson Hunter, has, has now has solidified, elevated himself. Yes, he now. has solidified himself into that first group. The problem being there's there's a, there's a drop right there. There's three, and then who's the fourth? And that's where I feel like the John Means conversation. I think for a lot of people, they'd say probably better. If, he, if only throwing 67 pitches right now, it might be better for him to be in the bullpen, but that requires someone else to be in the rotation at the moment, and you're not feeling comfortable at all about any of the other three as definitive options for the postseason.
1: I'm still pretty confident in Kyle Gibson. I know that the game against the White Sox was just a a real stinker. I mean, there's no other way to say that. atrocious, yes. And and look, this is a guy, again, I've known of Kyle Gibson playing fantasy baseball since around 2012. So I've followed his career very closely. I made a huge trade to acquire him. So, I probably ruined his early part of his career, you know, those first three years of his career, by having him on my fantasy team. But he's been somebody who can look brilliant at times, uh, and he's also going to have six or seven stinkers over the
0: course of a season. No question about it. The issue has been that since July. Uh, let's make it since August, right? Let's go back to August first. So Griffin pulled up the numbers comparing Kyle, Gib- Kyle Gibson and Jack Flaherty's ERAs in the same time period since Jack Flaherty got here. Because yeah. most of us have utterly written off really? Jack Flaherty and yeah. said, the truth is, Kyle Gibson's, in that time period, been worse and yeah. notably worse than Jack Flaherty's been. going., oh, ahead. Well, they've both been really bad. Yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> they've both been really bad uh am
2: pulling up uh Gibson here in a sec Flaherty is a 666 ERA since August 1st that's five starts and he's oh, 1 and 2 That's your devil's number Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah right exactly. you got you so it so that's why that's right. why his might be worse yeah, yeah that's a great point you can't mess uh, and with And then that. Gibson has a 7 plus sorry it just had it I don't know where it went
0: Mm. Uh, mm. Captivating I know It was all over It was a
2: 7 It was 7-3-2 uh, uh, In 35 innings and 6 starts
0: So the Of late It's been awful And even when we say He had a good start this week it, you know,
1: it wasn't great. It, well, yeah, it wasn't
0: great. he battled and you give him credit for battling, right? Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't he deserves credit he for battling. A. He gets an A for battling <laughs> and he's got more wins than any other pitcher on the stand. It is one he's of got the got weird 14, things where it seems like they, they want to produce runs when yep. Kyle Gibson pitches. I don't know what It's probably going it. to be
1: like a 16. When's the last time the Orioles have had like a 16 or 17 game winner?
0: That is a great question.
1: Uh, I don't think Chris Tillman ever won No, uh, 16. not 16
0: or 17, I don't think so. I don't think Bedard ever did. No, he didn't, yeah. he didn't pitch deep enough in the games in order to be able to. Right. Um, it might be Messina, man. Like, I don't think Guthrie ever won 16 or 17. I don't
2: think so. So, in, so since 2000, uh, Wei and Shen... Won 16 in 2014. Oh, okay. yeah. And yeah. then Tillman won 16 games in 2016 and 2013.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Two right. right. times 16. Games. When was the last time somebody won 17 games? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right? Yeah, how about yeah. That? yeah. Smart guy. Over here, like, you guys are stupid and don't know what you're talking about? He said 16 or 17, that so that let's go to 17 then. Who won 17 games? Uh, yeah, Mussina
2: won 18 games, 18-plus 18 games four times in the 90s. Yeah, that so so
0: goes been, back to the 90s. Yeah. Since somebody won 17 games. Um, I, I, the argument for Cal Gibson would be if you put him in the rotation, then you could ask John Means to be the guy to clean it up if it doesn't work, mm-hmm. but then you kind of need to do that. You couldn't leave yourself in a bind where, well, that's what we're going to do in game four, and now you got to save John Means 2 right. for the first three games of the series. You'd right. almost be put in a spot where you'd have to do that in game two and say, we need to have John Means ready for there so that he could still potentially be ready again game four, so game where do five. So
1: where do you see Cole Irvin
0: fitting in? Do you see well, him I, making the roster, the postseason I, roster? I thought, boy, it's a great question, Stan. I think a lot of us— And you
1: can't change the roster within a the series. Se- unless there's an injury. Right. Unless there's
0: an injury. Correct.
1: Right. So— I think a lot of us were, and then isn't that injury like if they tried to play games like in series one? No, he so, couldn't. Well, just John turn Means no. is hurt. Yeah, so we're going to bring Cole Irvin up. John Means couldn't come back the next series. No, no, right? he's done for the year.
0: So, I I think a lot of us were on of the opinion that Fujinami was not going to be on the playoff roster, and then he turned around. And... Yeah, I
1: don't see any way he's not on the correct. Uh, he's Got to be
0: correct, and so. To the point, I think there's going to be competition at the moment. There's no, I don't think there's any path for Jack Flaherty to be on the playoff roster. Which I is, don't right. unless he yes unless he out and, outright pitches like an eight inning shutout. And, and Stan, that's the thing that we've been talking about a little bit this week. The part and Brandon Hyde could never say it out loud, but mm-hmm. to me, this is an outright competition at this point. It's yeah. the subplot to trying to lock down the division title is that these other pitchers are pitching for a spot. Maybe on the roster, not just in the rotation, but maybe on the roster for the playoffs. Yeah. Like to me, it's nothing other than who, if somebody is a hot hand mm-hmm. at the end of September, great, you're on. Yeah. That's, that's all. Nobody's track record to me, I understand what you're saying about Kyle Gibson as a veteran, but nobody's track record isn't overwhelming enough to me that if they're not pitching well down the stretch, they have to be on this playoff roster. Yeah. Of that group of guys, Irvin, Gibson, and throw in Flaherty because, to your point, if Flaherty were to turn around and have four really good starts to end the season, then okay, like that. Let's talk about it at that point. You can get a spot on the roster. And of you course, know what would
1: be interesting. And it's probably now it's too late. And he's starting tomorrow. Would have been when Bautista went down was to have gone to Flaherty and said, "Hey, uh, we want to take a look at you in late
0: innings." That's you interesting. Know. Boy, that's interesting. Because he at
1: ninety four, ninety three mm-hmm. that he's at could be ninety seven. If a he wasn't inning. trying to protect,
0: yeah. right? Um, it would be interesting. I don't know how. He I, would... I don't think they can accomplish it. Yeah, now. Wow. and that's and that's part of the problem with. It's easy to say. Well, why would you leave him off the, ro- the 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 roster entirely. Yeah. The answer is because I have no idea what he would look like coming in for an inning or coming in in a spot where there's a runner on second. I. How would we possibly have any clue if he could be helpful in that situation? Yeah. So, if he's not in the rotation, I have I, I could see the. Ar- it's funny because Griffin and I both said the same thing yesterday. We have no reason to back it up. There's nothing <laughs> at all that backs it up. But if both of those guys were out of the rotation for the playoffs and one of them Gibson and Flaherty. Gibson and, Fla- and one of them could get a spot in the bullpen, mm-hmm. I would be more inclined to give it to Gibson than I would be to give it to Flaherty. And I have absolutely no reason or no. Track record or knowledge. It's just something about their temperaments.
1: No, there's no, definitely. I have been very unimpressed, not only other than game one in Toronto, mm-hmm. I've been not only unimpressed with Flaherty as a player, I've been very unimpressed with his body language. Right. You know, he just looks like he looks like he's he looks like a guy exactly like what he is. He looks like Matt Harvey who is going. What the hell happened to me? Right, and he's pissed off about it, and you know, unfortunately, shit happens. It, it, it's, it's,
0: it's funny you said that because everybody made a big deal about you know when he was pulled the other day, and everybody was sharing this picture and this video of him being a I That doesn't really bother me in any no, way. I think he was mad at himself right. for having given up. A You're game. a competitor. You, you want to pitch better. I. It's never going to bother me when somebody's angry, like, but it's more in general. I just. I have not gotten the vibe with Jack Flaherty as being the fit with this group. This group and the demeanor of this group and the atmosphere and the culture. I've just never gotten the vibe with Jack Flaherty that it's been the natural fit and yeah. the selfless, whatever I can do, I'd be willing to do it type of thing. I've never... Now, again, that could maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I haven't talked to the right people. Maybe if I got in there, they'd say, no, dude, you have no idea. This guy's—you should have right. seen him at the fantasy draft right. the other night. Right. Like he's fit in fit in perfectly, but from a pitching standpoint, from what we've seen on the field, I've never gotten yeah. that vibe. And so, if he's not—if he doesn't have a bunch of really good starts down the stretch, I, I don't see a path to him to be in the it doesn't on the look, roster. look like it right now. Unless and,
1: there's an injury to somebody, and we're keeping our fingers crossed, there isn't.
0: And I guess to your point too that you brought up earlier, I think the other question is why haven't we seen Tyler Wells back yet? At at some point, I would like to get an answer. If he's going to pitch at all,
1: I, I don't think uh, at this point in time he's going to pitch at all. I, it's just the way I see it. I. It's unfortunate. It's, it's unfortunate. weird to me. It's weird that you well, sound. Well, I, I find the whole thing with Bautista, how they haven't announced anything, is as, as kind of odd. I
0: I I can understand. I, I know what
1: injuries. Right. They, they could have had the. Uh, uh, where were they before the Angels? They were in um, um,
0: Arizona. <laughs> Thank you. Arizona. Yes.
1: They could have had the Arizona doctor look at him, and you mm-hmm. could have had a preliminary report that the Arizona team doctor says he's going to need Tommy Johnson. They just have kept that. I guess they feel that there's absolutely no advantage until the day before he's going to have a surgery, if
0: that's the way this goes that we don't have to even really discuss it. And, you know, somebody would say, is there any argument that you hold out for as long as you possibly can? You're essentially at that point wiping out his entire, any hope of there being a late season addition next year if he ultimately needs to get Tommy John surgery. He would
1: need to have that surgery in the next two weeks to have any chance of coming back. Waiting until somehow, you know, for a miracle to happen uh, is just not going to happen. We haven't heard any words that he's had a PRP injection right. in his uh, elbow, uh, so it's uh, it's very. I agree unfortunate. that
0: it, I agree that it's weird. It's just also really weird to me that Tyler Wells is pitching and isn't pitching here. Yeah, it's it's not like what you have here is so overwhelming. I, and I'm I get it. It's easy. somebody would say, "Well, whose spot is he taking?" With all due respect, I like Joey Crable. and Joey Crabel did a nice job coming in the other night in a tough spot Got where a he big out. had Got to get a huge out, out but. If I you tell me right now one of these two guys is pitching major league innings right now, Tyler Wells or Joey Crable, I would say I would prefer at the moment for it to be Tyler Wells. Man. I would like to know if Tyler Wells can be helpful in that capacity. And I get it, Tyler Wells gives up too I, many home runs. I understand. I think
1: if he were at all able to help the team, he would have been up already over Joey Crable. You know. By the way, um, does Joey Crable look like he put on
0: about thirty pounds from last year? Or is it just make I have to look at him again, okay. Stan. I wasn't, I wasn't looking for it, so I would be yep. forced to look at it. You might very well be right. You might actually be right about that, and I just haven't paid a ton of attention to it. Um, and other than all that, like this is it, – it's, it's, it's amazing that we're ta- right? nitpicking
1: how to put the – For a team that's playoff, got a four-game a yeah.
0: four lead in the AL yeah. East, but that's the way that it works. Like they're victims of their success, and that now our expectations are, okay, this is awesome. Now we want to see you do something, and I think we all have that same trepidatious feeling about whether they can get this through to the finish line with all the pitching issues that they have.
1: I got a lot of faith in the guy running this ship, both the field manager and the general manager. So I'm, I'm very um, – I'm. I've, I've, I've really grown. Look, I've liked Brandon Hyde since day one. Yeah, yeah I like. And Brandon And it's been interesting. The first three years, how the hell are you going to judge mm-hmm. a manager other than what the locker room was like? Yep. Because there wasn't. There were too many Re- Rio Ruizes out in the in the yes. field. You know.
0: Uh, Renato and, Ruiz, as I like to call it, because I've never right. been able to figure out which was which over the years. <laughs> those two, yeah. I, you know, I've, I figured out in 10 years I'm going to treat Renato them.
1: Nunez was the one that used to hit home runs.
0: Yeah, he actually helped a little <laughs> bit is what you're saying. Right. Renato Nunez and Rio Ruiz will be one person for me for the rest of my life. The same will happen with Blaine Gabbert and Blake Bortles. In 10 years, those two guys will have been one guy that was the quarterback of the Jaguars for like 15 years. And
1: which, uh, which one – Gabbard is the one that's married to, like the 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 hot uh, reporter.
0: Is 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 he? Yeah. Or are you I'm thinking of Christian sure. Ponder, who's married to oh, Sam- uh, you know what? Samantha a, Steele, who is now you're Samantha Ponder? Right. Yeah. I don't know where I came up with that. Um, I'm telling you, those two guys. One day we're going to wake up and somebody's going to ask I'll us. I'll
1: always remember that Bortles. Well. I say that in another four years, I may not, I may not know what toothpaste is. Well,
0: that might be true, too. But I'm convinced that at some point in the near future, we will have made those two people one person. There will be a Blake Gabbert or a Blaine Bortles that had been the quarterback of the Jaguars for a very long time. And you'll be doing a podcast, a weekly podcast About on who, that
1: topic.
2: who was
0: who. Um, uh, well, sorry. Yeah,
2: well Gabbard could still make a career for himself, right? I mean he's
0: How? What do you mean he could make a career for himself? Doing what?
2: I don't know. Back he has a
0: backup. God bless yeah. God bless. He probably makes Bortles, two million Bortles a year. Bortles probably could too if he hadn't just decided to walk away. Like well, he yeah, just retired. Yeah, is done. And he retired. retired? Yeah, he just and didn't tell anybody. He just like one day was like, Yeah, hey, by the way, I'm retired. Like, didn't oh.
2: Gabbard save someone's life too? Was that
0: was that him? Maybe. Sounds good. Sounds good. Griffin's over here trying to go to war for, like, no, these are very important people that have very distinctive qualities. And I definitely will forever know the difference in Blaine. Get no, you won't, dog. You, this you're saying this because yeah, you're 23. He helped, you haven't he, gotten there yet. Yeah, it was last in it was 10 last years. Last he, you're,
1: he, I'd like to know though. Did he, he save
2: yeah, somebody? Yeah, he assisted oh, in God, a water rescue. And wasn't me. It and it wasn't me.
0: <laughs> it stands in that part of there his There
2: was lives. there was a helicopter crash in Tampa Bay. It's wonderful. And he helped it's save wonderful. People. He saved. Griffin, I will have forgotten that
0: fact. Wait a minute. He saved four lives. It's amazing. It's amazing. Your and brain one of has <laughs> gone on to be a serial killer. The other one <laughs> t- stole turn- PIP money. It, as it <laughs> turns out, he should have let him die. Um, no, your brain still has the capacity to store uh, those to, facts. To store the- At some point, your brain's going to have to start storing other facts. And when that occurs, you're not going <laughs> to yeah. have room for Blake. I've can already Blake forgotten Ad- I, which one was can which. Can I ask Griffin Blake a Gabbert. question? By all
1: means. Did we get uh, such and such on uh, Crowther's sled?
2: Uh, no, we did not. I, I missed out on him. I'm sorry, Stan. Oh, wait. Stan there was one player that Stan I really said, wanted. I said
1: I've got one job for you to do, and I'm not giving you any other. Who advice. did you want? Get Calvin Ridley. Oh, I wanted Calvin Ridley too, I actually. I did like him. Maybe
2: yeah. there were twelve other teams that won. I do I if do. If it a, makes you feel any better, I got him in my other league Stan. Where, uh, <laughs> <laughs> where
1: Where did uh where did uh, he end up going? He went it
2: was the third or the fourth round. I forget who I okay. took in the third round. So that would have been like the time for me to take him, I yep. forget who I ended up taking.
0: So him. I play in another league with um, uh, Ryan, our friend Ryan Ripkin, hosts this league. And there was a team during the course of that draft that every single guy that they got—it's just a buddy of Ryan's—every mm-hmm. single one was the guy. I've swept for five rounds.
1: And he's right in front of you. He's
0: right in front of me. Every single one of them was so the
1: possibility. He was like somehow, yeah, right, GG. looking at my God.
0: I was so frustrated about it. Um, all right, quickly before we got to get to a break, you and I are both watching tennis. Stan came in here today and said some words that blew me away about your plans for this evening. Yeah, I I may
1: very well tape the Oriole game and watch that like at uh, twelve thirty, one o'clock in the morning, and watch the tennis tonight. Yeah, I find the uh, the Grand Slam tennis, especially wow. the U.S. Open and the Australian Open, because because that's my time, you know. Stands a night night owl. A night owl. And I like getting up for the Australian Open uh, as well, which is a lot of times like four in the morning or something like that. But I think these two matches stunning. What time's the first one? Three o'clock today.
0: Three o'clock is is Djokovic Shelton. Okay, so that won't go past like nine o'clock. And then seven o'clock is when they're supposed to. That could go to 11 o'clock. Presuming that Shelton doesn't. Look, man. There's a, there's this heavy movement in the tennis betting community that I mean, you should ta- you should bet Shelton to take th- a set. I mean it's oh to take a no, set. No, not to take the match for God's sakes. Well, to take I a mean, set from like Djokovic.
1: He's ca- I'm telling you he is capable of winning that that match.
0: <sighs> I will not bet on him tonight,
1: but I might have a parlay. I
0: really like Ben Shelton. Yeah. I think he's exciting. I yeah. think he's I just and look I get it. Djokovic just lost two sets to uh, Jera a couple matches ago, yeah. but I can't do it. I cannot do it. The one tonight, as Stan points out, Medvedev, Alcaraz—that is—that should, that should be, enough. for what it's worth. They played two times this year, and Alcaraz has won in straight sets both times. Mm-hmm. So n- maybe Alcaraz is just getting to the point where he's he has Medvedev's number somehow. But Medvedev has been playing phenomenal tennis during the tournament. just
1: seems like Alcaraz seems like he'd be able to take advantage. I'm not a great tennis analyst, mm-hmm. but that he'd the be able to take him? take care. Of, Take advantage of his the awkwardness of Medvedev's size. Yep. get him tied up. Yep, you know. I, I, he is he is without a doubt. I know he's only twenty, and this is not to say he's a lock to win this tournament or anything. But I don't recall ever seeing somebody who's such a magician with the with the racket. It's, I mean, it's, it's art. Just unbelievable. It's
0: art. It is absolutely mesmerizing to watch this dude play. And when we say it, what what you're saying is what a lot of people are afraid. You want to say he's? I've never seen a player that was this good at this age. But right. then people start saying, "Well, you're saying he's going to win 20 grand. Sl-? No, nobody has any idea how his right. career is going to right. go. Injuries, right. or he know. already missed the Australian Open this year because of an injury, right? Like they we don't may know. not have gotten into women yet, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's a great a point. Who knows? They right? Ruin you still be. Yeah, you know. Remember
1: the th- year Jimmy Key had like about 12 wins <laughs> <laughs> at the All Star break, and then it all and was he got married from at from the All Star break. Hundred percent. He went like three and nine. he was going
0: to be in the All Star game. He was like, sorry. I got right, plans. It's a straight shoot. They were going to invite him to the All-Star game as a replacement, and he was like, sorry, I'm out. They were like, really? They're like, yeah, I got some plans that week. They're like, what? Well, getting married. <laughs> but it's the All-Star game. All star game um, yeah, man. Alcaraz is unbelievable. So that should be fun tonight. And uh, the Sabalenka thing was so, crazy. So
1: Alcaraz is 3
0: o'clock today. Medvedev. No, that's the Medvedev Alcaraz is the night match. Night match. Djokovic Shelton so is the 3 o'clock at match today.
1: So. And will they both be played? First of all, I think the weather's gotten a little
0: cooler. But yeah, they it's not played, quite as hellish. They're going to
1: be played with the roof open. They will try, 100%. Yeah, unless they there's will. rain. Yep, they
0: right. will try to play them with the roof open. Okay. All right. Uh today's show is brought to you. Actually, you know what, Stan? You had a good show. Why don't you tell everybody about your show from last night? As if I really remember. Terry no, Hasseltine. I had Terry Hazeltine on <laughs> yeah. the
1: executive director of Maryland Sports. And we uh I like to not only have Terry on several weeks out, like five, six weeks out from an event, mm-hmm. a big event, and we had him about four or five weeks ago to talk about the Maryland cycling classic. But i like to do an immediate recap, if possible. And Terry was accommodating and we had him on for a good half half hour last night. And it was a really good talk. And uh, you know, uh, he's he's uh, he's really been a pretty special person. Here.
0: Well, it's look, they're doing they are doing incredible work and getting major world class events to this area and helping the economy in the state of Maryland. So you can check out that show, Facebook.com slash pressbox sports. YouTube.com slash pressbox online or pressboxonline.com slash video. I, n-
1: I know that biking and and the, the five star, you mm-hmm. know, equestrian riding, niche, aren't, yes. they're, they're more niche They're not NFL, mm-hmm. but he has created, helped create over the last five years, you know, because it didn't just start two yep. years ago, two, two really major events Tent for the state. Right. That did yeah. not exist
0: at all yeah. in any way, that were just. Yeah. Out of nowhere, tent pole events that are big, big for the state. Uh, that's a great point. We come back in. We will talk Ravens as they get ready for their opener. Bo Smolka, Press Box Ravens beat writer, joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book. Superbook Sports this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code Glenn Clark23G L E N C L A R K 23. So bet with the Best and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with SuperBook Sports. Visit SuperBook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
3: Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation.
0: The Maryland 5-star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit maryland 5 star. US for tickets. Six
4: chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tender's meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite. And at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal. Available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing.
5: What's up everyone, it's Tyus Bowser and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita A partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia.
0: Gambling problem? Visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Times Bowser show is Tuesday, September 12th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506
6: Hartford Road. It's brought to you by SuperBook Sports. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at YouTube.com slash pressbox online, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grinder. Wait, did I say grinder? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything. I-, I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn.
0: All right. Back in here on GCR as we continue on a Friday edition of the program. Stan the Fan is in studio with us. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer. Buy a Toyota.com, The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines so you can choose the perfect Tacoma. To reflect your unique personality and driving habits, check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. He is, of course, PressBox Raven's beat writer, Bo Smolka. He joins us every Friday during football season, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Bo, good morning. Happy football season to you, my friends.
7: Hi, good morning. Thanks.
0: Um, You know, I feel like we've we've asked all of the, like, some years there's still things we need to learn. I, I feel like right now the first question is, what in the world does this secondary look like with presumably no Marlon Humphrey on Sunday?
8: Yeah, we'll see, right? I, if I had to bet, I think right now
7: the starting cornerbacks would be Brandon Stevens and Ronald Darby. Um, and, I'd, and I think Rocky Hacin will rotate in and we'll probably see, uh, we might see Ardarius Washington in the slot. We'll probably might see Kyle Hamilton come up and play some slot as we saw last year. Maybe Geno Stone gets in a safety, but um, yeah, there's questions about that. I know Rocky Asin came in and it was expected to be the starter for Marlon Humphrey or for Marcus Peters rather. But then of course he got hurt and he missed extensive time in camp. And Brandon Stevens, who was viewed as a safety, kind of took over there. Ronald Darby was signed. They're mixing and matching. I know a lot of people are waiting on Jalen Armour Davis. But he also missed a lot of time, and I don't know that – I think both Rakasina and uh, Jalen Armour-Davis really took a step back with the injuries and the unavailability for much of August. So I think if I had to bet, Darby and Stevens will end up lining up as the outside corners.
0: By the way, inspiring lots of confidence in everyone here in Baltimore when we hear that. Bo, I just wanted- well,
7: I mean this is this is uh this is what they have, I nope, mean, no doubt. you know, and and so when the people that are that are, you know, worried about it, I think it's a fair concern. They, you know, they they like they like them overall, but I don't think they expected to be at this point and feeling this unsettled on September 7th or whatever date it is.
1: I just wanted to be clear cuz I wasn't paying that close attention. Did did Lamar Jackson win the uh, quarterback uh, role? I mean, is he, number, <laughs> is he still QB1?
7: We think Lamar Jackson will be the starting quarterback. All right. All we right. got
0: that squared away. That sounds good. Bo, you and I were alluding to something when I spoke to you on the, the radio show a couple weeks ago. I I think a lot of people are concerned because the edge rush was concerning to begin with, but you were hoping that David Ajabo was going to take a step forward. David Ajabo was out there playing significantly significantly in the last preseason game and was not overwhelming the backups and non-NFL players that he was going up against in that circumstance. I still assume that they're going to be expecting a lot from David Ajabo to start, but how concerned should we be about that? And is it a sign that maybe they're going to rely more heavily on Jadavion Clowney, on Adafe Owe, something like that to begin the year?
7: I think it's, that's likely uh, I'll, I'll say this when, when I saw Ajabo in April and May at the OTAs and everything, I mean, I was impressed. He's just a physical specimen. And I thought, wow, this guy is going to be just a beast. Uh, but then as they like to say, when the pads came on, it, he got, he was much quieter and I'm sure, I mean, the Ravens are saying all the right things. And it, it's a fair point to say, look, the guy has hardly played in the NFL, right? He missed almost all of last year. He had a strip sack in the last game against the Bengals, which kind of showed what he can do. But to your point, I mean, he was he played a lot in the preseason, and he really didn't light up the stat sheet at all, and that included playing late into that third preseason game against guys who were third and fourth stringers. And you'd like to think he would have been a little more disruptive against those guys than he was. So the other thing that happened with the Jabo I saw early in training camp in the early preseason games was, when he was out there in early down situations, he really struggled to set the edge against the run. Um, he got he caved inside, and they were able to block him inside, and suddenly the outside lane was open. And I know when he got drafted, there was some they thought he was not quite there as an edge setting run defender, and they hoped he would get there. But I think early in early down situations, you'll see a lot more of Clowney for that reason. Yeah, I think Clowney will be your early down run defender, and Ajabo at this point will be a See quarterback at quarterback in certain predictable situations. I think there will be times when they move Clowney inside, like they used to do with uh, Pernell McPhee, and then they'll put Ajabo, Clowney, and O.A. all on the field together. But I think early, yeah, you would have liked to see more from Ajabo in training camp, especially after seeing what I saw of him in April and May. But I think they are going to rely on Clowney quite a bit early, especially in early downs. And then it's a question of, you know, what does he have? How good can he be, and, and will his health hold up?
0: He's but
7: um, I, think we'll see, I think we'll see quite a bit of clowny.
0: He is Pressbox Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka. He's with us here on GCR. Bo, again, separating from the game and an opponent, just what else are you looking for as far as personnel is concerned, who's getting the bulk of snaps, who's lining up where? What else is it that you're interested in seeing in the first legitimate game for the Baltimore Ravens this season?
7: Well, I mean, we have to see if Mark Andrews plays, first of all. Um, and, and you know, he's he spoke yesterday. I was not at practice yesterday, but I know he spoke yesterday. He's, he was out a, more than a week, which is very unusual for Mark Andrews. He's a guy who never takes a vet day off and hardly ever misses a practice. He's dealing with some sort of quad injury. He wouldn't fully commit to playing this weekend. I don't know if we'll see him or not. It's tough to read the, what, what, from what we saw of him on Wednesday and what little bit of practice we're allowed to watch right now. All he did was little, catch little short out routes, and, and I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know where his strength is in terms of being up to 100% or whatever. So if that's one big question is will Mark Andrews play. I think he'll be listed as questionable on the injury report when it comes out today, um, and I think he'll probably be a decision they make that morning. But it, it's, it's exciting in a way to see what – we don't know what this offense is going to look like because none of these guys – Other than Zay Flowers, a lot of these guys didn't play a snap in the preseason. Jackson didn't, Beckham didn't, Bateman didn't, Dobbins didn't. So all of this thing that we expect to be what it is was that Munkin had no dress rehearsal. It just starts and it's live and, and they're on stage and here we go. So I know a lot of people are expecting them to maybe putter around a little bit early as they get up to speed. And I think that's realistic. I think it might be that way. I still think they have enough firepower to win this game. Yeah. I think they're likely to pull away and win it if they really get in rhythm. And I think their defense has a chance to really, you know, be uh, trouble against a rookie quarterback, which is what they always do. But, yeah, we're looking, to see, we're looking to see how they distribute the ball to these receivers. I think it's, you know, Zay Flowers made a lot of, lot of headlines this summer. I think he's the guy Lamar Jackson will find the, he'll get the ball to because Zay Flowers, tends to get open where Lamar Jackson likes to throw the ball. Um, So I think we will see him. Beckham, of course, Odell Beckham this summer has looked probably better than anyone could have hoped um, in terms of his health and in terms of the way he's still moving at his age. So if if his health holds up, I think he's in line for a good year. He has looked really good this summer when he's been on the field. But as I said, I mean, it's all new. We haven't seen it all in a game. I'm fascinated to see how they use the running backs. Does, do, do these running backs, are they used as receivers out of the backfield more than they have been in the past? In the past, I will say, I think there were times that the, the, the idea was to use them out of the backfield a little more. But when the play broke down, Lamar Jackson's option was either check down to a running back or I'm going to run, and his choice was to run. Yeah, And that might be his choice again. But I think more. I think we might see more design passes to J.K. Dobbins and to Justice Hill. I don't know about as much to Gus Edwards, but I think those guys will be involved more as receivers.
1: What about the balance? Do you think there's any concern at all? I know from the times that I was really covering the club, you know, you you uh, intimately, you'd find certain games where it just got away from you, and there was a total imbalance of throws. To running the ball it is still important isn't it to run the football and run it effectively
7: well I think it is and I think that I you know I know we did we we scream when that would happen sometimes like they abandoned the run they abandoned the run they abandoned the run which is so ironic because it was Greg Rome's offense who was just a running guy and and sometimes he would abandon the run I, yeah it would be surprising to see what with Munkin And I say this, I mean, I still think there are going to be designed runs for Lamar Jackson. I mean, I think they're crazy not to design runs for Lamar Jackson. He runs better than any quarterback ever has. So I know Lamar Jackson jokes about throwing for 6,000 yards and he's got all these passing weapons. I think they will figure out ways for Lamar Jackson to run the ball. And I think what I keep going back to is listening to Todd Munkin talk about his idea of spreading the field both vertically but also horizontally. And he wants to spread that defense from sideline to sideline. He wants receivers spread wide. And when you have receivers, you have to respect. With Beckham and Bateman and Flowers, you have to, you have to respect them. you got to be out there with them. And that's going to spread the entire field. Now you have more running room for Jackson. You have more running room for Dobbins or any of the running backs. So I think they're going to work the field he wants he wants his receivers in space, but he wants those defenders in space too. Because if they take up more space, there's more room to run. And so I think that's also going to come into play.
1: Well, I think I think, and I don't analyze this that carefully or sophisticatedly, but I think that the more we pass the ball, the more the element of surprise pops in with Jackson carrying the football.
9: I
7: mean, I think that's definitely true. And you know, coaches will say forever, you run to set up the pass, and you pass to set up the run. And and it's true. I mean, last there were times last year when you had a when you had receivers that defenders didn't have to respect. They're kind of out there covering them, but they're putting eight or nine guys up there in the box. And now yeah. you're trying to run against that, and they're not going to be able to do that with this offense the way it is. If they're going to put three receivers out there that are Flowers, Bateman, and Beckham, for example and they're going to spread them out there, and you're going to then run Mark Andrews out into a wide slot, you're, you're not going to be able to put eight guys in the box because those, you have to go out with those guys. So I think there's going to be such a bigger respect for the Ravens receivers this year than there have been in the past, and that also is going to set up the run.
0: Bo, I uh, I want to ask because you said something interesting about you know you still think that this defense should be able to overwhelm a rookie and I and I agree right like I I don't see anything to me that's particularly compelling about the matchup on Sunday, but the defense in general I, I do a lot of hits now on the uh, fantasy channel on Sirius XM and their hosts will say yeah but it's still the Ravens defense and I just don't think this is a very good defense I on paper anyway like I maybe they can prove to be that as the season goes on. And I don't think that matters on Sunday. And and as we you know we'll talk about more during the show. I'm excited about you know what this could mean for the Ravens' offense and the pendulum swinging. But am am I wrong when I say that I think this is at best kind of a middle of the road defense given what they have on paper?
7: Well, I felt better about this defense say in June when I saw of what I saw of a job in April and May, and Mar- Marlon healthy Marlon Humphrey was healthy. I thought they were pretty good at all three levels at that point. Um, but then suddenly what you thought was going to be the starting two cornerbacks, Humphrey and Rocky Asin, are essentially not there. And Ajabo is not the player that we hoped he would be at this point yet. And again, second year, he's only played two games, whatever. Um, the front, the, the defensive front, I think, is really quite good. I think those guys are prime. Justin Matabike, Broderick, Washington – I, Michael Pierce. I think those guys are primed for a really good year, but what that translates to or what that looks like, I'm not sure yet, but Roquan Smith is, and Patrick Queen in the middle of the defense, I think, are really good. I think it's a good point that I don't know that we're looking at a, a top five defense. I sure like this defense. I, I, I like this defense at all three levels in May, and if they're all healthy, I still like them. But um, I think it's a fair point, especially the secondary. I think you have to be concerned with the secondary group as long as Marlon Humphrey's not there because, you know, it's. I think if Marlon Humphrey is there, they're going to look the other way and Marlon Humphrey's going to be a lonely guy over there because they're not yeah. going to throw his way. Yeah. But without him, yeah, the secondary, I just said the cornerback position specifically I think has some questions. Darius Washington is tough. But he's small, and he's got to play really big. And I, he's not going to be able to match up with some of these big tight ends in there. That's probably going to be a Kyle Hamilton job on those downs. But I, I, middle-of-the-pack defense, I think they will be disappointed if they end up middle-of-the-pack. I think they
0: expect
7: to be top third. Um, and I think if they're healthy, they can be.
0: Bo, as we let you go, and this is a question I'm going to give to Stan here in a second. The Ravens, of course, are celebrating 25 years of m Bank Stadium and it's it's kind of weird because. Are they giving all of the people to go to the game like 100 bucks? or something? I don't think like that's that? the way that they're going about doing yeah, it, Stan. Shoot. But they are bringing back a lot of players this weekend. Um, the ironic part being, Bo, as you know, a lot of the greatest moments in Ravens history did not happen at MT Bank Stadium. So to you, and you cover a lot of games, a couple different outlets over the years, what's the greatest moment in stadium history? Like, what's the, the thing that you were like, wow, I. That was the thing that I'll always remember about being at a game in Baltimore at M&T Bank Stadium.
7: Yeah, you know, it would probably be that it's kind of a boring answer, but I think it's going to be the one that the fans also chose, which is that crazy snow, snow game, game against Minnesota. I mean, that, okay, first of all, they played in a snowstorm, which almost never happens in Baltimore, so that's going to be memorable on its face. And then the way that game played out with like five touchdowns in I think the last two minutes yeah. of the game. Was absolutely crazy. I mean, crazy. So you can see a lot of football, a lot of football and not see five touchdowns in two minutes, let alone have it all happen in a very rare snowstorm in this town. So that that that's the game I think of right away.
0: That's that's uh, the one, of course, the fans voted for. Marlon Brown and Dennis Pitta will be there on Sunday to uh, celebrate the uh, that being the fans' choice for the best moment in M&T Bank Stadium it's history. F-
1: it's funny. I I immediately rushed to to what the most disappointing game was. Oh, the Colts in, game. The Colts game. Yeah, we'll the, talk. Uh, yeah, I know, know, I was yeah, that
7: yeah. was before my time. I was actually Oof. I was. I was actually in the Dominican Republic watching Winter League Baseball that weekend. You were
0: having a better day than everybody in Baltimore because it was a (laughs) dark moment. At B Smolka, of course, on Twitter is how you follow him. He's got the cover story in this month's print issue of PressBox, all about uh, Lamar Jackson, the contract era, and his future. And, of course, you can see his stuff, PressBoxOnline.com. Bo, appreciate you as always, sir. We'll talk to you next Friday, all right? All right, thanks, guys. Take care. Again, that uh, print issue of PressBox available for free at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Yeah, and if you said memorable, I understand why that would fit for memorable because it was... I just remember leaving the stadium that day being, like, gobsmacked. It it was... It's hard to explain. Even Griffin, I don't know, that could really under... I mean, not just because he doesn't understand the Colts side of it, but Griffin's at the point where I'm not sure how much... That day registers with him because he was so young at that point. Yeah. Um, it was the darkest moment that we had experienced as Baltimore sports fan. This this was the build up, the day they were exercising the demons. But the irony being they had already won a Super Bowl. Yeah. And the Colts hadn't at that point. The irony being they didn't really need to exercise right. the demons. They had Everything was better in Baltimore. It was just such a horribly played game. It was, it was just atrocious. A- atrocious. And somehow, like, bringing out Cal Ripken to do the, the coin toss and right, everything, right. I don't know why it made it all the more electric, but it made it all the
1: more electric. Which was more disappointing, that loss or the one to the um, to the Titans? And the, 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 like the Lamar Jackson ago. era. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, nothing will ever compare to it. I, un- I understand the thought because yeah. that team was so good and yeah. it – but nothing will ever compare. it is I was so shocked much, how bad McNair played
1: that day. You well, then you the heard all the team. stories
0: about him like going out drinking the night yeah. before and all that. The, your grandfathers died. Didn't Blaine Gabbard save him? I believe that's the case, right? I yeah. think, well, unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, sadly, no one was able to save Steve. Um, I, I, that's the part that I never – there will be a generation of Baltimore football fans – that that was the most important game that the franchise ever played. They lost it, and so this, then unfortunately they passed away. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that's 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 how much that game will never be recovered. So from.
1: This was the thirteen and three year. Yes, this was the thirteen
0: three, okay. the oh six season.
1: I just remember leaving that game, and I was like like a zombie. Yep,
0: yeah. like oh you could. It was dis. It was pure utter what year disbelief. Was it? The yeah, oh six, so the oh six. So the January was, of oh seven. Yeah, January thirteenth, oh seven.
1: Yeah. January thirteenth. So I just turned. Uh, 06, so I just turned 64, uh, 54, I guess. Yeah, 54.
0: Wow. It was a, it was, it was a bad, bad yeah, day, bad man. day. Uh, as far as the, I'm just really surprised because they did do this fan vote for the yeah. top moment, and I thought it was set up. It's funny. I was talking. Marlon Brown was a guy that I always got. I really like Marlon Brown. Uh, he and I did some events together while he was in Baltimore, and he was a neat story of a undrafted guy that was kind of thrust into a role that he. Shouldn't have been put in, and and did as well as he possibly could in that in that time. I like Marlin, so I reached out to him. I said, "Dude, I love you, but you got to go up against Ray Lewis's final game in Baltimore the next round." You, you know, it was fun story, but you're going out obviously. And he was like, "I know, I know." The fans voted for the snow game. The fans said that was that was the choice for the best moment to me. I, Practically speaking, like if you told me I have to write a column about the topic, yeah. Ray Lewis's final game is the most important thing that happened at m Bank Stadium, and it's the most important football, most significant football moment. It also happened to be the Colts. It Ray Lewis coming back out and taking the field for one final play. It's starting the run to a Super Bowl title. Mm-hmm. All of it, like every a layer of that, to me, makes it significantly the game. But part of what we're reflecting on is. The Ravens have never won a game past the first round of the playoffs in Baltimore. It's just a weird – for a franchise that has as much history You're and success – You're talking about the Ravens. the Ravens. The Ravens have never right. won past the wild card round right. a game in Baltimore. right? It's never happened. And it's just a weird – It's very weird. Anomaly for a franchise that has won two Super Bowls and has had a lot of success but have never won a game beyond the wild card round here in Baltimore. If
1: you ask me – and i understand where you're coming from but the two most exciting plays i've ever witnessed live were the lenny moore run in 1964 against the packers Mm -hmm. where he was tackled by five guys i think and he kept his big thing was he always kept his legs running and he was able to somehow i was like mesmerized you know i was 12 years old at the time and then that run that Lamar Jackson made, and I think it was the game we ended up losing to the Dolphins.
0: Oh God, yeah, uh, the the just for just pure
1: pure, mm. electricity of the moment.
0: So it's when this topic, Reed and I did a a thirty minutes on this topic one night, and I said selfishly for me, the game that I associate with the most, the moment at T Bank Stadium, is the Jamal Lewis game. That game that is was boy, yeah, it the the stadium. Rocked. rocked. Yeah. yeah.
10: I, I, people I, talk about how I you can forgot. feel the
0: stadium shake in Pittsburgh, and you can't. If you've ever gone and sat how me large up. How many did, did he have 296, 296. This, I have never felt yeah. anything. That's going to take – it overtakes the other moment. That's yours? Yeah. I, it, yeah. To me was I'd, what I – I've I'd forgotten that. I think that. from a, a significant standpoint, the answer has to be Ray Lewis's final yeah. game. Yeah. But for me, my answer and the feel for it – and this, again, was before I was covering the team. I was younger, so I was just there – um I've never felt anything like the vibe in that building when Jamal Lewis was running all over the Cleveland Browns yeah. that day. It was I still when I talk about it, yeah, get I get goosebumps. I get goosebumps. I'm not it
1: was electric. I know he'll never go down as the you know one of the greatest even top 10 or 15, but to me for for a short period of oh, time. He was he as was good as the 100%. most dominating runner I'd ever
0: 100%. seen. 100%. He was as good as anybody in the league. There's no doubt about it. And a good dude, too. Uh always like Jamal. I know he's been through a lot of things in his life and he's opened up about a lot of things that he has been through in his life and um, Even
1: though he th- even though he veiled veiled threatened, threatened me. Oh, did he really? Oh yeah. I didn't know that story.
0: Yeah. I booked him for... We we had him come back for the anniversary party still, a few I mean, years ago. I still ago. love the All guy. Right. I don't think he... I, I do nothing about he, that. I don't even think he remembers
1: <laughs> it or anything. John Colson but,
0: said, can you get me some former players to yeah. come out for the anniversary party? I said, well, yeah. Jamal, come do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, saw, <laughs> I didn't I know he tried Jamal, to kill you. <laughs>
1: he didn't try and kill <laughs> oh, me. He, yeah. he had booked to do the show. We were doing it out at the uh, Avenue at White Marsh. Okay. At a forget the name of the place. De like a, No, it wasn't De Roses. Oh, John would remember. Bayou John Blues Club. Cafe. Bayou Blues Cafe. Go. That was it. And, you know, you're out there. You're not getting a last-minute guest to come. So I booked him, double-checked with him, and then we start the show. And he's due, like, I think the show started at 7. Might have started at 6. But we, we did the first half hour, and I see he's not there. I've got no number to call him. Okay. Had no number to call him. So we end up muddling through the show. It was really a downer, you know, because people oh, yeah, come to band the show have to meet the players. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I went up to him the next day, and I said, man, what happened to you? He goes, something came up. I said, something came up. You told me, I said, gonna, yeah, you, right? told me you were going to be there. And he goes, and he, like, let me know in no uncertain terms. Not to go much further. Oh, he wow. goes, I told you something came up. Wow! All right, Jamal. And I said, "You got it, brother." I said, Jamal. I said, "I'm like 50, you know, 50 some years old now." I said, "I'll be around this town a lot longer than you will." But that was not. That's not how you treat people. And then he said, "I had to get my legs worked on or something like that." I think he had a massage. Well, with a happy ending.
0: Oh, I don't. let oh, allegedly. Let's, oh, not okay. yeah, let's not say things. Let's happen. not do. Let's not. We okay. can't. Okay. I don't want to get you sued, Stan. Okay. Yeah. I don't want that to be the case. Um, again, we like Jamal. That's funny I love funny, Jamal. I, love like Jamal. I, love
2: um, I guess. Quick, I mean, since I, I just haven't been to as many games, I don't yeah. have. I just haven't experienced, I guess, as many M Bank games. But uh, the one I guess that sticks out so is. So why when are we... you buttoning? Right. Yeah. What the hell do you have to add? I'm kidding. He was born
0: last week, and he wants to.
2: Uh, just because since it was the game I was at when they clinched the division in 2018, CJ Mosley's uh, tip oh, yeah. at the line of scrimmage interception, and then they won the won the AFC North. That was it was um, on the
0: list, but it didn't rank right, very high. Right? No, I mean, yeah. Was also, a great story, Griff.
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: glad you're here. Uh, I was there. Was I awesome. love the guy. I love if the guy. you want to bet on Sundays. Hey, what? you need to get a massage? Uh, if you want to bet on Sunday's game, the place to do it is SuperBook. SuperBook.com or download the SuperBook app. Stan Charles 23. That'll work. I think Glenn Clark 23 is even better, but either one will work to get you a first bet match up to $250, win or lose when you make a same-day first bet. When you make that deposit and sign up at SuperBook.com or the SuperBook app, Glenn Clark 23 or Stan Charles 23. We come back in. Lamont Jordan joins us. We'll preview Maryland-Charlotte tomorrow night. It's Glenn Clark Radio.
1: Catch that festival feeling in Charm City. Everywhere you go, you'll find exciting entertainment, delicious eats, and endless summertime fun. Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards. Pick crabs by the waterfront. Beat the heat inside a world-class museum. And make memories that will last a lifetime. Go to baltimore.org for more information and to plan your visit.
4: All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland. And DriveEasyMD.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource. Home to EasyPass, Pay-By-Plate, and video. Tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. DriveEasyMD.com. We'll
0: keep you moving. visit harford county this fall celebrate arts across harford september 15th through the 30th with dance theater music and visual arts september 29th through october 1st is the largest italian festival in maryland featuring entertainment cooking demonstrations a bocce tournament and family fun if you're headed to the maryland five star stay and play in harford county while you're there enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches corn mazes and fall brews along their harford life. Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas
1: Inn. Here's a few checklist items quality of the food. Check. Quality of service. Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes.
2: The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively, and we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire higher edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com.
3: Another exciting weekend of affordable family fun at Prince George's Stadium with the Bowie Bay Sox. Last weekend of the regular season kicks off on Friday the 8th with Adley Rutschman Night. Mystery Adley Rutschman giveaway items for the first 750 fans. Fireworks on Saturday with the return of our 1K beer run. See how fast you can complete the race while getting three beers down. And our Birdland celebration on Sunday. Free autograph items for the first 1,000 fans. Get your tickets now by calling 301-805-6000 or anytime online at baysox.com. The Bowie Bay Sox. Let us be your nine-inning vacation. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you.
6: Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong
0: with you? All right, back in here on GCR. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with us. Don't forget Project Game Day returns on Sunday. Myself, the NFL Chick, Rita Hubbard, are going to kick things off immediately after the game. Doing things a little bit differently this year, you will be able to join us during Project Game Day, like calling into a postgame show. You'll just be able to hop in the Zoom room with us. We're going to send out a link via our Twitter accounts, at Glenn Clark Radio and the NFL Chick. And you can join us that way. You can also just watch the show at Facebook.com slash Sports. Project Game Day brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. Look forward to having it back this Sunday. Uh, our friend Josh Charles chimed in about the uh, Colts game with a great quote, Stan. It was... It was watching that game, talking about the Indianapolis Colts uh,
1: at Ravens game. The loss was 15-3. to three. Yeah. It was watching just, that game
0: was like watching a pony die slowly there will never be a way to describe it to any better than that it's just the darkest day that we ever experienced it was all of the build-up all been a lot of great days we've been very fortunate but that one was a very very dark day not dark days at the moment for maryland football stan obviously a lot of excitement around that program and tomorrow night they've got a big one biff poji brings his charlotte 49ers to college park take on the Terps joining us now one of the greatest players in Maryland football history and a Jets legend as well he is now back and part of the radio crew for Maryland football he's our friend Lamont Jordan and he's with us now here on GCR Lamont it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore it is great to catch up man thank you so much for taking the time for us no problem for having me absolutely dude um the excitement surrounding this team Stan was talking about how even for a Towson game, like the student section is packed and there's a vibe, there's an atmosphere. Tomorrow night, a national TV game. Um, the feel that you have for this trajectory of this program, for what Mike Loxley has done to get to this point, how do you describe the overall health of Maryland football at the moment?
9: Um, I feel good about Wolfstar. And, and to your point about the student section, that was, re- that was really encouraging to watch. I know when I first joined the broadcast prior to the pandemic, you know, you at the start of the game, you could see that big M out there. Like, I mean, that part of the stadium was empty. So it was still really good to see how invested uh, the student section is. But I feel good about where this, where, where this program is headed.
1: Well, Lamont, as somebody that played for the team there in in tougher times, did you ever think what Mike Loxley is building there would actually I, – I know you believed it was possible – but did you think that somebody would come along who would be able to really execute a plan there that would work this well?
9: Uh, yeah, I did. And that coach's name is Mike Um, (laughs) Lockson. That's why, um, you know, when I first joined the broadcast and when, you know, we all know about you know, the, the, the death of Mr. McNair, uh, Jordan McNair, uh, when, when DJ was here, uh, Mike Loxley was the right guy for the job. I said it then, and I think that he's showing that now. I think people have to understand this about the Maryland football program, just looking at the reality of it. Maryland is not a football school. Like, when you think of football programs, think about the Alabamas, the Penn States, the Ohio States, the LSU. You think about teams like that. And so it was going to take a coach like Mike Loxley to come in here and do what he's doing now. This is a process. Um, It takes time, but, I, I, you know, I'm a player. I play for Coach Locks. Look at the guys that from the time that I've left um, even to the time that he's here now. There's a lot of guys that Coach Locks was able to recruit that have gone on to have uh, some really solid NFL careers. So um, I, I've always believed that person could come in. I've always said this. The University of Maryland is a goldmine. It is a goldmine when you're talking about sports and especially when you're talking about football. I think that uh, the DMV area is finally starting to really get the recognition that we deserve as far as when it comes to how many good football players we put out. And uh, it's only a matter of time um, before we navigate through this NIL stuff because we are playing against teams that, let's just face it, that were doing NIL before it was even legal. Yep. And, <laughs> yeah, And I just think that Coach Locks is the right guy for the job.
0: He is. Lamont Jordan, he is with us as we get ready for Maryland-Charlotte tomorrow night. Um, Lamont, I think the, if there was one thing that you could say is a concern from the opener, it would probably be the play of the offensive line. And we saw uh, Leah get a little banged up there in the first half and Mike Loxley smartly saying, we're good, we got nothing to prove today. We're going to go ahead and pull him out early and, and start thinking about games down the road. But when you have so many new pieces along the offensive line and when it's been probably the biggest, like, you know, to your point, the skill positions... There have always been Lamont Jordans at Maryland. There's always been Vernon Davis's. It feels like the biggest difference between Maryland and the the powers are the offensive line. So what is your concern? What's the time frame where you feel like it needs to start coming together over the course of the next few weeks? Um,
9: You said it. My biggest concern is the offensive line. I mean, if you look at our wide receiver core, I love our wide receiver core. All the way across the board, we have guys that can win in the one-on-one matchups. And the thing about our wide receivers that a lot of people may not notice, um, but it's something that i benefited from with Jason Hatala Omar Cheeseboro, and Arrington, it's the wide receivers, that, and that these wide receivers are very active in blocking, whether it's blocking for one another after the wide receiver catches the ball or blocking for the running backs in the run game. But in order for your skill position to go out there and be dominant, your offensive line has to dominate. Um, the, 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 the frame, the time frame that I'm looking at is it has to happen this week. Mm-hmm. You can't show, you can't go out there and put it out there on film that you're soft. And I know that we're working through things. And so when you, when you're unsure about what to do, you're not going to move as fast as as you need to move. But there are times out there where you have a guy lined up, he's going exactly where you want, where you anticipate him to go. But our guys were just getting beat. We cannot show that this week uh, because we have the University of Virginia coming in here the following Friday. And and after this game, you're playing nothing but big-time D1 opponents. You you know, you're in the heart of your schedule for the most part, starting with the University of Virginia. So I think those guys have to show a a huge improvement. Um, I have all the confidence that Coach Braswell will get those guys together um and 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 we'll have a much better showing from an offensive standpoint because our offensive line is going to play a lot better.
1: Lamont the quarterback, Tulea Tagliave Yeah, easy for me to say. Easy yeah. for me to say. <laughs> yeah. um, how impressed are you with the fact that he decided to come back? I I think so many kids always want to want to make it tomorrow and they're not willing to go through that extra year of development uh how, how impressed are you with that from Tolia?
9: um i think it was just more of, for me it's more of a decision that he had to make i didn't think that he was nfl ready
1: mm-hmm.
9: um and by coming back and having this extra year not just to get the reps from, from just the football position, from the football aspect of it, but also allowing himself from a physical standpoint to get his body ready for the hits that he's going to take in the National Football League. If you look at the hits that he was taking, I mean, Talia was slow to get up on a number of different occasions. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I do love is the commitment to staying in Maryland. I was mm-hmm. in that same situation after my junior year. I had, a, big, had, a, had a, a huge year in my junior year. A number of people were saying that I should come out early, but I just didn't think that, that I was ready. Um, I went on to be a second-round draft pick, had a nice nine-year NFL career, which I don't think I would have had had I left early. So I'm really happy that he came back because what he does is he gives us stability in a position that we haven't had since for years, really, because we were always going through quarterbacks. And so when you're talking about um, – Coach Loxley building this program, continue to to, to get the trajectory headed in, in a good place. You know, having a, a quarterback that's been here for three years, that is that is important. And, and I love his leadership. I got a chance to watch practice. Um he's a high energy guy. He likes to keep guys going and and you can tell when he has time to throw the ball, he delivers an accurate ball.
1: Question about one thing involving him. He's gr- he's terrific now. I, a a big-time program would have two or three guys sort of ready and waiting. Is his successor on the roster now, or is that something Mike's going to have to kind of do on the fly a little bit?
5: Um, I,
9: I like Billy. I, I really do. I like Billy. But the nature of this beast is every time you go out and recruit, you're looking to bring in players for each position. I mean, I knew that that's how I was when I was a starting running back. Even though I had a big season my junior year, I always knew that they're going out there and recruiting and trying to get guys to come in to either replace, replace me or compete with me for my job. Um, so to answer your question, I, I think that Billy is, is more than capable of getting the job done. Uh, I do like what I've seen from him for the most part when he's had an opportunity to play. Although he did although things didn't look as, as great as I would have liked them to look this past weekend, he was also out there with a lot of backups. It yeah. was I don't want to say it was in garbage time, but you know, it was in that time of the game where practically the game was over. Um, but I do feel good that less you know, if you look at the hits that Talia was taking this year, I mean in this first game, he was slow to get up. I am confident that if there's a situation that if he has to sit out a drive or two or if he has to miss a game, I am I am confident that Billy can come in there and keep things moving.
0: Uh, to the point, right, with Billy Edwards. We saw him, win, Edwards, we yeah. saw him win on the road last year yeah. in the Big Ten, right, yeah. when he had to play. So um, he has gotten the job done. Um, Lamont Jordan with us here on GCR. Lamont, I wonder if, if broadly, like, the difference to you, we, we've we seen Maryland be competitive. We've seen him obviously win bowl games against power conference teams in recent years. But we've seen them be competitive, fight, battle against the Michigans, the Ohio States. What will prove to be the biggest difference for this program to take a next step? What is going to be the biggest difference to be able to actually not just be competitive with those teams, but pluck off some wins against those top teams in the Big Ten?
9: I think you have to take advantage of the opportunities that you're given. Meaning you can't drop a wide-open touchdown. Um, we can't have wide receivers dropping dimes that Talia is throwing. And the offensive line, I mean, it's always going to come back to the offensive line. You have to be able to handle these defensive fronts. I mean, if you're not able to handle the defensive front, you're going to put a lot of pressure. If our offensive line isn't able to handle these defensive fronts, you're going to put a bunch of unnecessary pressure on our defense that has proven that they, they are more than up, up for the task of, of of playing against whatever offense that they're playing against. But our offense has to be able to provide support. We have the running backs. We have the wide receivers. We have the tight ends with regards to what our tight ends can do in a passing game. But when it comes to the trenches on the offensive side of the ball, I think that's going to be the thing that's going to make a break. Us. Our guys have to make plays, and we have to realize that these other, the, the other Big Ten teams, when you look at the Ohio State's, the Penn State's, Because of their players, because of their reputation, and because of the consistency of those programs being at the top, they can overcome a drop pass because that's just, you know, those are those teams. They've earned earned that over the years. We can't afford to, to, to continue to shoot ourselves in the foot with drop passes, missed assignments, and not being disciplined in our rush lanes on the defensive side of the ball.
0: All right. Uh, before we let you go, what else is going on in Lamont Jordan's world these days? I don't. Even, I haven't talked to you in a while. You still. The, is, does the restaurant still exist? Are you still coaching? What else is happening in your life these days?
9: Man, you know everybody said I had a restaurant. It wasn't my restaurant. Oh, you were just, just hanging restaurant? out. Yeah, I was just. Oh, a restaurant I even know I, loved going I genuinely <laughs> believe that
0: was so. Lamont, of course, famously was on an episode of Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. And I genuinely thought that was your play.
9: <laughs> no, no, that was just a place that was oozing odds. That's a place that I just, you know, I enjoy going to. Um, you know, prior to the pandemic, I, w- I was coaching with the D.C. Defenders. Uh, I was coaching high school. Uh, the pandemic came, and, and that kind of slowed everything down. Uh, for the last two years, I had a Jets podcast that I was doing. I'm just waiting to get with my co-host, Andrew Golden. There's a good chance that we're going to be switching Um, I guess you could say, networks or streaming systems that we were on. But I've been really just covering the Jets for the last two years um, and really just trying to enjoy retirement and and being a father. I have a nine-year-old son. Uh, Last uh, two years ago, I was coaching with the D.C. Divas, the women's football team here. And so, um, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been up to.
1: So, Lamont, you still follow the Jets pretty closely, right?
9: Oh, yeah. How
1: how good are they going to be this year?
9: Um, listen, I, I have the Jets going to the playoffs. You know, we talked about this on our show. Um, when the offseason started and we were talking about the quarterbacking situation, I said if we're going to spend money and break the bank for a quarterback, I want that quarterback to be Aaron Rodgers. Um, Robert Sala has done a great job as far as establishing the culture of that team. That's the team that it doesn't matter who's on the field. It doesn't matter what the score of the game is. Those guys go out and they play for four quarters. We had a championship defense. We had special teams. And, and when you have special teams and you have great kickers, and I know up in Baltimore we all, we know about sure great do. kickers, yeah. but we have a punter that if the offense isn't moving the ball, you have a punter that can shift field position. So I fully expect the Jets to go to the playoffs. I, I Listen, I'm just going to come out and say it. I think the Jets go to the playoffs. I believe that the Jets – have a legitimate shot, and I do believe that they can and will win the AFC uh, East. And I really think that they are uh, they are a Super Bowl contender. Um, I, I feel like Buffalo or Miami, one of those two teams are going to shoot themselves in the foot. And, and I, I think this is going to be a weird season. I think there are a lot of teams that people are coming in saying that, hey, this team is going to be great. But I think that there are going to be some division winners, even in you all's division. You know, I, I think Pittsburgh. I Don't, think Pittsburgh don't. Is oh,
0: bite your tongue, hey, Lamont Jordan.
9: Hey, I, I'm, I'm just going to say it. We're talking NFL now. I just think that when you look at just all the way across the AFC, um, there are going to be some exciting games, and I really look forward to the Jets' season. They're going to have a big season this year.
0: Uh, Lamont Jordan, we look forward to hearing you on the Maryland Radio Network tomorrow do a great night. Great job
1: with Suter. Yeah, it's you a great, 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 a great booth.
0: Job really great with that great. other guy. Yeah, that was uh, some at, legendary guy, Mr. There. Holiday,
1: all right? <laughs> um, uh, uh, don't do Johnny Holiday no, no, like we, that. We, adore, we <laughs> Trust us,
0: we adore Johnny, Johnny Holiday. <laughs> uh, Lamont, really appreciate it, man. Great to catch up. Would love to do it a little bit later on in the season. All right. No problem, fellas. Thank you. Thank you. The great Lamont Jordan with us here on GCR, one of the best players in Maryland football history, and now back on the broadcast crew So they get ready for Charlotte tomorrow night. Stan the Fan Charles is in studio with us. We're very happy to tell you here at PressBox that the Tyus Bowser Show is back for another season. Despite the fact that he's had to hang out with me for the last couple of years, he's still... Bringing Rita on really changed everything. Before that, he was like, "Eh." Yeah, I'll do the show, but Rita. As soon as Rita showed up, he was like, let's sign up for another year. Let's do this again. Let's do this again. Let's do a five-year deal. Third season of the Tyus Bowser Show gets underway Tuesday night. We will be at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on Hartford Road. Is it still Baltimore's
1: only player program
0: i don't know of another one at this point i mean if there is nobody's told me about it and um Who was the last orio to win 17 games
10: <laughs> 16 60 you were wrong about Blaine tillman Gavard. tillman
0: went. yeah sure wasn't Blaine. blame bortles um look that was as stan was talking about doing player shows it's been a big part of the history of the baltimore ravens and they all kind of went away and i had a sadness about it and john colson here at press box was a a very intimate part of so many of the player shows over the years. And we were proud to partner up with great eights memorabilia in order to uh, make it possible. And so we have brought back the Tyus Bowser show for another season again, Tuesday night. You can join us at the Hamilton sports bar and grill on Harford road with Tyus and his special guest. We look forward to seeing you out there. It's all brought to you by helpmygamblingproblem.org and Superbook sports. Find out more by the way at Pressboxonline.com slash Bowser, including future show dates. Stan Charles twenty-three. That is a great That's code, but it's book. not as good as Glenn Clark twenty-three. Uh, mine works better, in fact. All right. So speaking of, you know, Tyus Bowser of course came to us from Houston. He played at the University of Houston, and let's head down to Houston right now one of my favorite human beings on the face of the planet i treasure every opportunity i have to talk football with our next guest he is the best in the business mr sean unfiltered himself from sports talk 790 down in houston our guy sean salisbury back with us now here on gcr sean it's glenn love you brother great to hear your voice thank you for taking the time my friend stan charles is in studio with me today really good to hear from you
8: Great to be with you guys, Glenn. Glenn, I love you too, man, and I'm honored, man. I'm looking forward to it. and Looking forward to the season. It's about time, man. Let's go! And I know you're pumped about your Orioles. We got some. Yeah, man, we got some Orioles. We got some Astros. We got some Ravens. We got a lot going on, so it'll be fun season, man. Great to be on.
0: No doubt, man. Um, I, you know, I, Stan and I were talking about this earlier. I have like a weird vibe about the Texans where I don't. I think it's extraordinary to think that they're going to be ready to compete on Sunday. But the pieces they've put together, I and I really like D'Amico Ryan's, I think there's a foundation there that they could be interesting as the season goes on. Is that too bold of me to just say I think that, like, it won't stun me if we wake up, and they've got six, seven wins by the end of the year, and we're talking about them the, almost Being like we an talked up th- and coming: Yeah, kind of yeah. like we talked about the lions in recent years.
8: Right. Well, you guys, both of you brought up the exact same thing, and you, it feels like when you and I had a conversation this morning, because I was literally talking about it on my show, I got him at the Over on six and a half wins, and I am one. Think about it, and you mentioned the Detroit Lions, Throw in Jacksonville, too. Think about how they're built. And how we approached them a couple of years ago. You are 100% correct. Listen, the negativity with the Watson situation and Bill O'Brien and all the changes in the front office, that there has been a negative, it's been a bad, it's, been, it's just not, it's like Winnie the Pooh and Eeyore, right? It's been a dark cloud <laughs> following them around for a minute, especially with the Astros continuing to win. It's been like they're an afterthought, I meaning the Texans, where you get a great leader and you walk him into the building who's had success, who played here, but also success as an assistant and the number one thing you got to get in is buy-in buy-in from your players the fans will come along if the players believe in it that's not who you're trying to impress but you want fans to have hope D'Amico Ryan gives them hope and think about how these teams were built think about it for a second Dan Campbell Doug Peterson comes into Jacksonville after the debacle went on with Urban Meyer and then they get Trevor Lawrence and then now you got golf playing with confidence Campbell's got great leadership D'Amico Ryans, and now you go get C.J. Stroud that you're hoping performs like Lawrence and, and has the confidence that golf has attained. And we were laughing at Jacksonville and Detroit four years ago, laughing at them. And now here we are. The Texans have been laughed at. I think they're going to get the seven wins. They're not going to win the division, and they're not going to win on Sunday. Baltimore's going to win because I think Baltimore's a Super Bowl final four caliber team. But you will see signs along the way that say things are changing, cultures changing, the key is leadership and buy-in, and D'Amico Ryan's has created both.
1: Uh, you mentioned Jared Goff. What has Dan Campbell and Ben Johnson, what have they been able to do with him to kind of get his game under control a little bit?
8: And I think it's a great point. When he was Think about when he was drafted first. We we're like, well, should he have been? And then Sean McVay did some good things with him after, Jeff, after Fish had left. And they went to a Super Bowl. It wasn't because of him, right? But it sure wasn't in spite of him. He just did that, that half in the, I think it might have been the Saints game or the NFC championship. And then the Super Bowl, it was, it was an ugly Super Bowl. Yes. He didn't play well. And I think McVay had this thought process of, well, he can't get us past this, right? So you go in it the next year, it doesn't work, boom, you move him on. And early on in Detroit, they, they, I remember Dan Campbell calling it out in a press conference saying, my quarterback guy, oh, he's got to play better. Well, what happens is you get a great play caller on offense, and ben, ben Johnson's phenomenal, and they're lucky to have him back. And Dan Campbell, who the franchise stuck with when they were struggling, and Dan saw some stuff in Jared Goff that he says, I'm going to fight through this instead of go draft the quarterback. Well, look at it. look what happens, and I can tell you at this position, you can be as talented as you want. The second you start to question yourself, you got no shot. And what Dan's done is instill, not in trust just in Goff, but for Goff to say – you can make a mistake, and we're going to be okay. And look how he's responded. Hell, the last nine games of the season, he was they could score from the parking lot, and it, it does matter. He, he, you don't, you're not picked first because you can't throw it. We know golf can throw it. But the ability to believe that you can make tight window throws, that you can win under duress, and Dan's toughness, it seems like golf is buying into it. And when you get a great play caller to put you in position to be successful, and then you validate that, Good things happen. Look at Geno Smith. Look at guys who've changed venues, Mm -hmm. changed teams, and all of a sudden we find great leadership finds something in that that rock that turns it into a stone and a nice one and a shiny one. And I think confidence has been the only thing with Jared Goff, and I think he's got it. They're going to win the NFC North.
0: I'm so jealous of everybody in Houston that gets to listen to Sean every morning. Like I'm so jealous they get the (laughs) Sean every morning. They're like, Sean Salisbury with us on GCR. Um, you mentioned the Ravens, and you think they're a Final Four caliber team. I- I'm, I'm in this weird place because I'm extraordinarily excited about the changes offensively and what this could mean for this franchise and kind of having the pendulum shift. But as you'll probably understand, we're very used to, Sean in Baltimore, really high-level yep. defense. And on the flip side, I have serious concerns about the secondary. I have serious concerns about the edge rush, and I just don't think this looks like a Ravens defense to me. It, it, are you so confident that this offense is going to work with Todd Munkin and these pieces that we're just – this is going to be a different type of Baltimore Ravens than anything that perhaps we've seen in the past?
8: Yeah, Glenn, isn't it okay to win different ways? I, I'm excited we it about sport, it. Look, yeah. yeah we, we see it in sports all the time, and I know you agree with that, But it, and, and we're so used to – one thing we can say, and I'm not sure we'll ever see it again, this is the 85 Bears, the 2000 Ravens defense, the mid 70s Steelers, early 70s Steelers defense. We're not going to see much of that. Everything's set up, and this is a quarterback driven league that if you're the number one or two or three offense and you're the number 15 defense, you're a Super Bowl type team. Whereas if you're the number one defense and you're the 15th or 20th best offense, somehow, some way, you're going to get a work. Yeah, and, but you do got to get key stops at the right time. I get the rush, the, the edge rush concern. I get the back-end concern. But maybe just maybe the narrative and the paradigms are going to shift because if fans are waiting to see, and I mean Baltimore can't play defense, but if you're waiting to see the 2,000 defense, you're not going to see it. So how do, how, how do we carve our way through and manipulate and the, the way we're going to do, it, whether it's coverages or pressures, and dial that up with a really good coach and a defensive coach, but also – to be able to navigate okay what are we going to do on offense to change and they made a change with Todd Munkin and and let me explain something to you. I think when the season is over that we are going to say one of the five and and I may be wrong but I I I thought he was the best non-head coach like Lincoln Riley great play caller we know those guys that are head coaches that call it in college I believe and our guy Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin Mm -hmm. I believe that Todd Munkin was as good if not the best play caller he had great players but the vet, look what they had all that defense and he turned that offense into something special. I think we're going to decide this offseason was one of the five best hires, player or coach in all of football. Wow. I think Munkin's that good. I think he'll utilize Lamar and all that coach's skill to get outside against him. He won't coach that out of him, but I think you're going to see a different player. Listen, as good as Stetson Bennett was, he was four of those playoff games, two, two uh, final fours and then the title game, he was the MVP in all four. And why? Good, competitive, but you know what? Monk can put him in position to be great, and then he took care of his business. So that's a sign of a guy who's believing both ways, a two-way street, not linear. With Lamar Jackson, you've got uh, – Todd ain't ever coached a guy like this, a guy who can kill you with his feet, kill you with his arm, plays under pressure, loves it. All you got to do is hope he's healthy, and let's hope he is. So I think this is going to prove that the Ravens are going to win different. It's not the same. Ozzie Newsom the last couple of years hasn't been there. That's not the same. You're not going to get 2,000 Ravens defense. You'll get stops. I think you're going to see more plays and more width and depth and bandwidth of the offense. I think Munkin's going to end up being one of the great hires. I got Cincinnati and Baltimore playing in the final two. I do in the AFC. I think it's going to be one a wild card, one's in the division – I think it's going to come down to those two teams in the AFC, and the AFC's got a gauntlet of quarterbacks. that's friggin' that's brutal. Yeah. It is brutal wow. to get through. But both of those teams have one of those guys in the gauntlet.
1: Sean, what are the Ravens getting in Clowney? Uh, does he have? Uh, does he have both the talent, left the physical ability, and the want to uh, that they need him to have?
8: I think at this stage of his career, the want to is going to be him, you know, it's that, it's that, what is it? Is it intrinsic or extrinsic is how I look at it. Intrinsic guys don't care about the pub, the money they play because they got something to prove to the world inside, and then the honors come from it. Extrinsic players, if they're not getting the ball all the time, if they're not getting sacks, if everybody's not praising them, if they're not kissing his ass on Twitter, I'm not talking about him, I'm talking about the way they go about it. If the are not there and all their, uh, the accolades, they don't, they don't have that inner drive. I love intrinsic football players with great talent. He's got tremendous skill set. He's long and he can play. We obviously saw him, but this isn't college anymore. He's had a good career. He hasn't had a Hall of Fame career. You're going to get a a really good run defender. He's not going to lead your team in sacks, and he's probably not going to get double-digit sacks. That hasn't been him. I don't think he's got it in his career, but he's long. He gives you depth, and if there's fire in his belly, I can't say it from here, distance, but he still has something to prove, I think. I do. I think he has something to prove. So you'll get he's been an elite run stopper his entire and disruptor. If he can get you seven sacks but disrupt the line of scrimmage because he's held to pay in the run game, because he's long. So you do have to account for him. Is he Bosa? No. Is he a hack? Absolutely not. Is he somewhere in between? But I'm gonna rely on John and McDonald and that group to get the most out of him. Because if you can turn him into an intrinsic guy where he's playing pissed. I think you're going to get a good player. I don't think you're getting a defense of the year player, but there's still something left in the tank. Now we're going to find out what drives him. Is it, is it, is it the outside money and the rest of it, or is it being around good teammates and having those players elevate his game by the way they play?
0: Well put. I want you to see how good Sean Salisbury is, because we're going to jump now, and you brought up the excitement of baseball here. And I wonder from afar, have you seen with what the Orioles have been building – Knowing how you saw the Astros come up together and what was going on there, and Mike Elias coming from that system, have you seen yep. something that's made you say, "Oh, that that team has a chance to have a five-six year run like what the Houston Astros have been able to enjoy"?
8: Yeah, this isn't fake. Now to play, hey, the Astros have been in six straight ALCS uh, championships, so I, I wouldn't. Even, that's like me like saying, "Well, you know what? The uh, CJ Stroud's going to be Warren yeah. Moon. That's yeah. not fair." But when you start to see those signs, Glenn. Yeah, I, I get the I'm a bigger baseball fan than I am football and basketball, and I love hoops too. But I I, I, I probably watch and this truth because I you know I've talked this with you, Glenn. I'm a lifelong diehard Red Sox fan. Yep. And so I watch the division. I get the baseball package. I watch. I've probably seen sixty Orioles games this year. My intrigue and it remind when I moved to Houston. This was a sixty win team. Talk about getting laughed at. and, now, and then you saw it slowly turn around. The Baltimore Orioles, great history, great ballpark. But now what they've done and the, the, the analytics come into play, the way you build it with a farm system, the way you get the energy, you get good pitching, and then you get timely hitting. Do I see the similar? You absolutely do. They're in a brutal division. We know that. But, hell, you're going to, what, four or five teams over 500 if it ends right? I love watching this team. And I got an affinity for old ballparks and Brooks Robinson and Boog Powell and Mark Belanger and L. Rod Hendricks and Palmer and McNally. I, I do. I, I, that stuff drives me to think. I need the Baltimore Orioles to be 20 gold gloves at third base, right? I love that. So I love the energy, and it does remind me of young Bregman, young Altuve. I don't think this is a flash in the pan. I think they're building it. This isn't built on sand. They're building it on a foundation that the American League East better take notice and the American League. And even though they're inexperienced in their postseason run, they've got a lot of youth and mixed in with some key veterans. Here's what I love. I love it because sometimes, and you guys know this, that being naive, everybody talks about experience, which yeah. I do believe postseason it matters. But every now and again, when you're young and energetic, you don't even care. It's like, screw that, man. We're going to cut it loose and let it rip. Everybody talking about experience. The only way you get experience is by playing in the damn thing. Oh, I think they're a dangerous team. I think they're going to be dangerous next year and the year after. I think they finally got this where it's a marathon more than it is just a 4 by 100 meter relay. They're a fun team to watch. I do. I think they're dangerous. It will not surprise me if they're playing in in, in the ALCS. I'd like to see them in the Astros playing it. But I love watching the Orioles play. I do like the way they're being built. And you know what? For Baltimore Orioles fans and that ballpark and all of it, I couldn't be happier for them. Baseball's better when the Baltimore Orioles are good.
1: Sean, I got to ask you a question. Do you play the Immaculate Grid?
8: The immaculate grid. No, what is that?
1: If you go to if uh, you go to baseballreference okay. The, are you at a computer now, or you are? No, you...
8: I'm on my phone just driving. Right. i drive. So, I'm on my, so, but I, I I
0: I got it. Glenn, just send it to I me. Will, I I'm will. I will. I promise you. I will send you a you link. You will fall in love with, with it. it. So the idea Why, is, what, what is they they build a grid. You got to, like today, for example, the Orioles are on one side and the Athletics are on one side. So you got to come up with a player that played, that for, played for, both both for both teams at some point in the past. Then one of the categories is 200 strikeout season as a pitcher. And so, like, you know, for the Orioles, you go back and say, I'll put Jim Palmer in there. And then the real nerdy part right. is where you come up with somebody who's so completely random. So obscure. that right. You get – like, Jim Palmer would oh. register like
1: 67% of the people oh, that play. Oh, to do this. Yeah, yeah. dude. I'm an
8: old school. Dude. Yeah, like, you will love it. history, like a baseball it. and tradition. Yeah. I know farm, that baseball, basketball, back of baseball cards. And I, I, I don't want to bore you with this because I know you guys got stuff to do. But from I mentioned those names, I think about Don Buford and Paul Blair and the four guys, Cuellar and McNally and Dobson and Palmer. And there were those days, man, with Pettis and Vando and Jackson and Rudy and Don Mencher and Bite Blue. I mean, Man, you, if it's got all that kind of stuff bro, in it, dude, I'm in.
1: You're, I'm you get in. you get 9 blocks. It's 3 3 going across, 3 going across, 3 going across, and you got
0: 9 guesses to yeah, get, get it. you get one wrong, you're dead for the day. You're yeah, right. dead for the day. Dude, it, you'll there's oh, one I, a day. I, I, I got to go play. Yeah, they put in one a day. Play. I'm about to text you a link to it. You're going to have a lot of fun with it. Um, Sean, I can't wait. You got hey. a new you got a new business venture. Um, tell me all about it.
8: P.S.F. So you go to uh, it's P.S.F. underscore app and glenn I, I get you know you get asked to do stuff all the time and this company's been they've been trying to build this technology wise not trying they've been working on it for about four years and they approached me when football season was over last year and said what do you think i said okay let me check it out And i was a little leery leery just because that's what i am i want to know everything about everything well around january february we negotiated a deal and i'm the president of P.S.F. and like just to, to make it simple, and if you guys want to know more, well, hopefully, but if you go to PSF, you'll find out, at PSF underscore app on Twitter. Just get the app. It's free. But what it is, we always talk about – I've been waiting for years, and I'm more excited about this than I've been about anything in 30 31 career. And I love my career, but I love building something for the ground up. We talk about having a gambling app on there where you could go to a gamble and come back, having communities and chat rooms where – it's not Twitter where you're doing that, it's audio, video literal community the chat room will have every football baseball basketball game and team covered all year long for every game what it is it's 24 7 you pop in the chat room and you get to, we're talking we're carrying on conversations getting after it banter where the fan finally has a legitimate regular voice in this we, we we don't do it enough so you go in there for instance we did a media cast had about 200 people in there i've been doing astros games like a manning cast and then we'll do regular shows, but you're live. It's a live podcast instead of it's archived. Go get it out two, two, two weeks later. Now that's all fine and games, uh, fun and games, but this is the true fan engagement app. You'll get all the data coming across your screen. Great for sponsorships. We've got an unbelievable investor following with this, and the fans are going to friggin love it, And you become part of the skill set for us. We've got great content. Created great content, great talent. We'll have the Baltimore Ravens covered, the Washington Commanders teams everywhere. And contact me if you needed it, Sean and Filtered, hit me in DMs and I'll tell you all about it. But I'm so excited because it is gonna be it's a game changer. It's epic because it's fans, it's information, all the stuff you see, but now add everyday complete live fan engagement awesome and it's simple technology
1: sean you need an orioles guy <laughs> uh,
8: you know what i i'm being serious when the orioles come around and we have it monetized subscription free monetized and it's right there on and you, you can do everything from your phone you do not need to have a computer around and that makes it simple so yes we are putting the next year of our baseball team together because it's such a late start the template was the astros and we had a handful of teams I will be in touch with you guys about the Baltimore Orioles. You would love it, and I think you're going to love the engagement we get. Fans deserve this, and we deserve to have them as part of it. And finally, after all these years, I get to have them, and we've created something technology, team, uh, leadership, and with great fan following, we've created this, and we got something that I think is a game changer.
0: Sean unfiltered, as he said on Twitter, and pro sports fans, PSF, that is the app. Brother, I I mean it when I say I love you. You're one of my favorite humans that I've ever known. So grateful that you take the time for us, dude. We will talk again real soon. All right. It's...
8: We we should do this every week. But you let me know. I love you guys too, man. Glenn, always a pleasure. Appreciate brother. Thank it. Sean,
0: you, Sean. Remember it was
1: remember it was me that told you about the baseball. Yeah, uh, immaculate grid, immaculate right? Immaculate yeah, grid.
8: Yeah. yeah. Oh, by in, in another three weeks we'll just kick Glenn to the curve. Yeah. and just. <laughs> nah, no, nah,
1: nah, nah, He's not going anywhere. There you go. Appreciate Thank you, guys, brother. Appreciate Thanks, it. dude. Thank you, Sean. Thanks,
0: brother. Really okay. dude. That's Sean Salisbury, uh, who is very good at what he does. Extraordinarily good at what he does. Didn't know he was that big a baseball guy. It's So when, he, when everything happened at ESPN, Sean started putting feelers out with people that he had known in media. And I was working in Arizona at the time. Right. And he was living in Arizona at the time. And he just said, man, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do moving forward. And I, I liked Sean. I right. thought he was very good on ESPN. He's the ironic part, man. of course, I don't think anybody realized he never had a personal he remained very close with the late John Clayton until right. his death. Right. And everybody associates him with the the Crypt Keeper thing. Yeah. But that was they, they were close. Like they, they joked. They that was how they were. Um so we just talked and he said, Glenn, I'll come on with you anytime. Right. And I said, sure. Okay. Okay. And so he came on me every week. Then I moved to Baltimore. Came on. He said, I'll move back home. He said, I'll come on with you and Drew every week. That's Sean right. Salisbury's so good at this yeah. that Drew would sometimes be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get him today, right? Like, I'm gonna get him. And I swear to God, Drew would be like, So Sean, what do you think about Alex Ovechkin this week? And at it seamlessly, man, this kid, I gotta tell you, I this might be the greatest hockey player I've ever seen in my life. This and is he would like 12, yeah, 14 is, years ago. You know, would yeah. just would just seamlessly jump from, you could never Stump him or nothing that yeah. he wasn't prepared to have a conversation about. So bloody good at this, man. Love that guy so much. All right, when we come back in, we are going to, um, oh, you know what, this is a funny question. This came from Chris. Chris says, uh, Glenn, how bad do you think it is for the Chiefs? Do you feel like at this point, if the Buccaneers asked for a first-round pick for Mike Evans, they could get it? If I were the Chiefs, I would do it in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, after watching last night, yeah. My God,
0: I mean, I don't know enough about the cap situation. I can't, yeah, I can't speak to that, but I, I get it. They they will not be nearly as bad with Travis Kelsey back, right? Like that that will change a lot for them to just have Travis Kelsey on the field. But you know, they there was a little luck involved with them being able to do it a year ago with as little as they had at wide receiver. I that was.
1: Atrocious. There are so many names like Mike Evans, Mike Williams. Are you familiar with the player that got seriously injured in a construction accident? I think it was a w- former wide receiver. Griff, no, you know honestly, where aware of that? Oh, oh, Mike yeah. Mike Williams. Yes. What yeah, his it was name? early. Late.
2: It was, yeah. The o- the oh, old, the other, other Mike, Mike Williams. Williams. Yeah. Yes.
0: Who yeah. uh, yeah. was also a receiver. Played with the Bills, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I think he was. I think it was the Bills. Very seriously injured. I did not
0: know it was a construction yeah. accident. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. He's on life support. Holy. Yeah. Oh, my God. They
1: they say, though, that they think he'll come off. Of, okay. It was right. sort of more like, a, you know. It was a process that they take you through.
0: So. so he's hurt really bad. Oh, wow. That is, uh, it's terrible. Truly terrible. But do you remember that player? I do remember that yeah. player. Um, and it actually was somebody that I thought was going to be special. Star. Like yeah. I absolutely thought them, that Mike Williams, of course we now yeah. there's another Mike Williams, but I thought that Mike Williams. The other was Mike Williams the
1: is the one on the, Chargers, right? And there Mike yes. Williams Yes, the
0: Correct. Chargers? Correct. 100%. Whenever
1: I hear those names like
0: that, it's like Yeah, they're, they're, they're like kind of well, actually you know, Griff and I were talking about recently like how every college football quarterback this season is named Daniels. Yeah. They're all <laughs> yeah. there's a JT Daniels and a Jalen Daniels and a, a Jaden Daniels. Daniels. It's, it's like un- Blaine Gabbert. It's Brooke. a lot like you'll never Brooke. be able to remember which one was which years and from now. All right, when we come back in, we will get a a tidbit. We will get tubular. And also when we come back in, we're going to be chatting with Adam Archuleta, who's going to be calling Ravens Texans for CBS on Sunday. So still a lot to do as we wind down on a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio.
1: Soak up summertime fun in Charm City Enjoy only in Baltimore festivals Mouthwatering eats and endless entertainment Cheer on the O's at Camden Yards Pick crabs by the waterfront Beat the heat inside a world-class museum And make memories that will last a lifetime Go to Baltimore.org for
0: more information And to plan your visit and use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
4: Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an Easy Pass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at driveezmd.com.
3: We'll keep you moving.
5: What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita, for the Tyus Bowser Show, a partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia.
0: Gambling problem? Visit helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 12th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Hartford Road. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports.
4: It's a Maryland fan.
1: Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the
3: boxes. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer
0: today visit harford county this fall celebrate arts across harford september 15th through the 30th with dance theater music and visual arts september 29th through october 1st is the largest italian festival in maryland featuring entertainment cooking demonstrations a bocce tournament and family fun if you're headed to the maryland five star stay and play in harford county while you're there enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches corn mazes and fall brews along their harford light Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland
6: open. Check out PressboxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR. Stan the
0: Fan Charles with us.
1: The rest of the show off, I just opened
0: up the immaculate grid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're good. You're good. I was trying to come up with, so I'm. I think that Orioles athletics has been on the grid before, and I think I remember being disappointed by the score that I got from my particular guy. Well,
1: remember that there it's not just a Oakland A's. It's the Kansas Also, that's true. Athletics. It does go back that far.
0: Did Easton so Lucas
2: go, pitch uh, he, wow. for the Orioles? Wow. Who's that? Easton Lucas. Yeah. Easton
1: Lucas. He, he never pitched for the No, he never pitched Orioles. for no. the Orioles. No. Okay that would be a zero. So okay. the but guy the like guy that I
0: used got me less than 1% but it didn't get me less than 0.1%, which is what I was hoping for. Wow. I got a 0.8% for mm, uh I'm using Obviously not Fujinami. That I'm, I'm assuming would get you I'm
1: using I'm
0: using West stock. Ooh, I bet that gets you a lower than 0.1. 0.03. Yep, that's wow. that's the one. That's that's definitely the one. Um I'm using
2: I, I, like well, if, if I should know it, then.
0: The great Jack Cust was uh, my choice for today. Great, that's a great one. But it, on. it only got me a 0.8%. Somehow 0.8% of people all use Jack Cust today. You say that Orioles like
1: athletic. a percent is high. I know, but I thought
0: I was going to get a sub 0. 0.1. Jack I Cust thought I was going to get a, a, a point 0.0. Many Oakland
1: fanatics that remember Jack Cust.
0: Unreal. Yeah, no, Orioles on the grid today. Oriole. Yeah, I I definitely just went with the first. I did, I should have thought it through more, and I yeah, went with one way too quickly
1: on that one. Yeah, don't give me one I I mean, Not that. I'm above cheating on this. I well, I mean, you're gonna <laughs> the guy that
0: I got was a, wait, one a one percenter. Again, I could have done better than that. I got somebody who is a one percenter. I just be, happens that, I'm to be happy with a one percenter. Happens to be one of my all-time favorite. I've talked about it openly on this show. I have a, a group of guys. Everybody knows my all-time favorite Orioles, Mike Devereux, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody knows. I've talked about it time and time again. But this is a top. I mean, I'd have to really think about it. It's it's a top five to ten all-time yeah, favorite Oriole, not a pitcher. Not a pitcher. Pedro
1: Severino.
0: Not Pedro Severino, no. What, an do out, think, an what do you think?
1: What do you think Pedro Severino would
0: get you in That's this? It's a good question. I would say because tell what, I'm good, Because I play it, yeah, because you played on multiple devices. devices. Yeah, because of I'm go with the, But recency tends to be the thing. Right. The when it, correct. That even if the player is not very good, it seems to be that recency will screw on the on the grid.
1: 0.9 Oh, you
0: did better than my guy did. Yeah. Hmm. I went with the hammer. Jeffrey Hammonds. Oh, Jeffrey Hammonds. Jeffrey Hammonds was my play. Now, what's really
1: offensive to me here is Milwaukee Brewer and Oriole. His picture is him in a San Diego Padre hat.
0: That is funny. That is funny when you get that. That is the way. uh, But, yeah, that's uh, the other thing, too. I feel like when it's 200K pitching season, it's important to try to find somebody who didn't do it with the Orioles. You you get someone who played for the Orioles. I'm confused, but who I'm confused about
1: that. So in other words, I, 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 his 200, I'm, his 200 strikeout season have does not have to be with the correct. Orioles. Correct,
0: and that's the way to manipulate it. You get someone who had a 200 strikeout season and but, pitch for the Orioles. But
1: there are some of these questions that trick you that they have had to do it with the team.
0: Uh, is there anybody that, is there any of them that had to do it with yeah, the Sometimes sure in like the 40 home run, the 40 home home runs always feel weird.
1: I'm, like I'm constantly getting wrong guesses and that, then I'll look the player up and I, he got 40 home runs. Just did. not
2: with. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: I, I don't know, even know how many players, this would have been a good one for trivia today would have been how many pitchers have had 200 strikeout seasons with the Orioles. Yeah. Probably and about, probably about. Fifteen. You think it's that many? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Two hundred. Can you pull that up? Two hundred is not an Can you, incredible. Is, uh, did you have uh, something that was really good? Because remember, uh, they used, I to, mean, throw, they I used mean, uh, to throw,
1: some I pitchers used to throw 300 innings.
0: Oh, that's true. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah, yeah you go back. That's You know what? I didn't think about it like gears that. You
1: toward modern, right. more modern players. Yeah. I would think a good guess would be Eric Bedard. Yeah, okay. He, he's a little too recent. So I'll, I'll
2: there are only... It has only happened five times.
0: That somebody's had 200 strikeouts with the Orioles. Yes, with the Orioles. I'm not... See, that's what I thought it was going to be. Three players. Three players. So, Palmer. No. What?
2: He Yeah, he because he's had like 190, I think, a couple times. Oh,
1: my
0: God.
2: Stop
1: it. He's, he's had to have struck out over 200. No. Wow. Because I, I think we've done this tidbit. So, Musina's so done tidbit. it. Mussina's
2: done M- it. Mussina's done it three times. Tw- oh, three times. Tw- three
0: times. Mm. So, now it's only two other guys that did it once. Yes.
2: Jeez, and you just mentioned him. Shocked, Bedard? Yeah, Eric yeah. Bedard.
0: Yeah. And the other one would be... Cuellar? Not Cuellar. More modern? Uh No. Not modern. Mcnally. 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 In
2: 1968.
0: Man, man.
1: That is a dynamite.
0: Question. Barn burner. I Barn burn burner. burner.
1: Saw young... Mike Boddicker yeah. never.
0: By the way, I just popped it in because I had just see. Co- and yeah. Mcnally gets you nine percent. Nine percent on the grid. Yeah. What does Bedard get? Uh, uh I don't know. I don't have. I I already I'll I already, I already screwed mine. I can't I'll look it up it. now. I'll use him. What did <laughs> Bedard? Tell me what Bedard got you. Yeah. Right. yeah. This is what we do now. Yeah. Yeah, this is... We've reached this portion of the program. Hey, Griffin, you want to tell everybody about... You know, we had a great night last night at Live Casino and Hotel... want to tell everybody about uh, some other things that are going on there yeah i want to tell you about the new member program because
2: at live casino and hotel maryland uh, we're all about more yes so sign up for live rewards today and earn up to 50 dollars. you can take a spin with a free slot play or join the action with direct bet or indulge in your favorite dining experience with comps all new members will receive a free tote bag as well so for more information go to maryland.livecasinohotel.com that's uh, maryland.livecasinohotel.com learn more about the new member program. Adirondal Mills must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER.
0: All right. 10% for Eric Bedard.
1: 10%. Yeah.
2: 10%. Musina got 78. That is that well, I mean that's not <laughs> surprising be, at all. The
1: percentages have to be correct correct answers, correct? Correct. Yeah. So if only 3 people did it Probably have seen probably like 80%. Yeah. And your guys, 9%. Well, we're saying,
0: but, okay, so who's somebody, who is someone, just for the sake of it, who is someone else that that ultimately pitched for the Orioles, that pitched at some point for the Orioles that might have had 200 strikeouts with somebody else? Who's. Uh, did David uh, Wells ever have 200 strikeouts? Yeah, I'm, I'm, had to have, right? On Kevin a second? Brown. Okay, I'll look at Kevin Brown. David Wells. David Wells never had 200 strikeouts. Wow. Wow. Wow, he never even uh he got 169 was the most of David Wells. That's wild. All right, hang on a second. Kevin Brown. Before he of course became uh, the Orioles broadcaster, Kevin Brown had uh, <laughs> quite the career as a pitcher. Uh Kevin Brown did indeed have multiple 200 strikeout seasons. Okay, it does, so let's
2: it does not work cause I cuz Jack Flaherty had a 200 strikeout season. Jack Flaherty had a 200 strikeouts. Yeah, man, uh, really? his really 19. good year. Yeah, 2019. 19. So
0: then they're not good at this. They need to do a better job of telling you when it has to be somebody yeah, that Flaherty. did it for the team versus no, it's when. it's very it, confusing. they got to do a better job of that because, yeah, I just put in Kevin oh, Brown. So I can actually use Flaherty for the Cardinals. Oh, cool.
1: <laughs> now, I just did the twin with 200 strikeouts. I used Baltimorean Dave Boswell. Ooh, what a 42 percent yeah.
0: yeah, that's about See, I'm telling you, Stan, this is where – Say whatever you want about how, like, being old, you know, you got to deal yeah. with aches and I pains and all that. I can't remember where my right? car keys are. But you're kicking ass on yeah. the grid.
1: I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I can't drive anywhere. <laughs> yeah, right. But, <laughs> but how are you going to entertain didn't. yourself? I...
0: By kicking ass on the grid because you know guys. There should be a way to make money on this. <laughs> it should be. You should be able to sell, like, you want grid answers like, like, today. Like, yeah, right? Grid
2: contests. And... I love that.
0: Let's get a tidbit. A uh, grid-off. Tidbit. Ooh, a grid-off is a good idea. We could do that as a show yeah, one day. We could. we could just do a whole grid. You'd We'd have to like come have up to with... Just have to go ba- Oh, yeah. you yeah, right? would have to
2: come up. Yeah. That would be... Ugh.
0: Tidbit is brought to you by Superbook. Stan Charles 23 works, but I would encourage you to use Glenn Clark 23 instead. When you download the Superbook app or go to superbook.com, and when you do, you make that deposit of up to $250, and then you, on the same day... Turn that deposit into a first bet. And whatever that first bet number is up to $250, bucks, it will be matched in free bets, win or lose. So if you bet everything on the Ravens to cover on Sunday, 250 bucks, you win, you get... They're probably guessing that they are slight favorites to cover, so you'll get something like 230 bucks, And you'll get another $250 worth of free bets. Use the code GlennClark23 or StanCharles23 when you sign up Superbook.com or download the Superbook app.
2: Uh, so Team USA did just lose in the FIBA World Cup uh, That's basketball. That's it. Break up the entire yeah. program. Uh, 113 points allowed by the U.S. That is the most in a World Cup game in tournament history. So the most points ever allowed uh, in the history of the FIBA World Cup, 113. The previous high was 110 by Lithuania, which actually happened just on, just, just on Sunday. Uh, so a lot of
0: points. Sure. Cup. Sure.
2: I, Jared Goff has now thrown... The storied history of the... Oh,
0: yeah. Name anything else about the World Cup.
2: Uh, the U.S. didn't win it
0: last time. Thank you. Dynamite observation.
2: <laughs> Jared Goff has now thrown 359. I wonder,
0: like, how... It did, did real... And I'm not trying to take anything away from the players who played on this team, but this is clearly not the A-team mm-hmm. that was sent for this one. I, I wonder... Because I, I, I can't pretend to have watched other... Were there World Cups where they sent the A-team? I... I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Did don't like Kobe Bryant ever play in a World Cup? Did LeBron play in a World Cup at some point? Melo, I. All I, right, you
1: who know, it, the, I, I recognized every coach after the I, game. It's was so over. funny. I saw Spolstra. I saw the, Kerr, the, the bigger guy? guy.
0: I couldn't tell who that was either. I couldn't tell who it was. And it looked like one of the assistant coaches.
1: Maybe he speaks German.
0: Maybe. He looked like one of the assistant coaches at Stevenson. I looked up for a second. I'm like, <laughs> no. Go no. Can't be, could it?
2: Most, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah right? Most of uh, feeble World Cup uh, championships. There's another There's another country it's tied. It's the U.S.? Oh. It's tied with the U.S. with five.
0: Spain. Venezuela.
2: No. Venezuela.
0: Gravis for years. Yeah. Was, uh, uh, hang on.
2: You're never going to get it. Russia. I guess kind of close, but not Russia. Poland? Not Poland. China. Close. China.
0: Yugoslavia? Yugoslavia. Yeah. Has five. Yeah. yeah, you know what? They were Poland. a basketball. They were a basketball. Yeah. Isn't that Drazen Petrovic? Wasn't he? What's that? Was Drazen Petrovic from Yugoslavia? I, I think. Let me double check on that. It could so be before I sound like a Ukraine. I don't know. Drazen Petrovic well, you was look that from up. Yugoslavia. Yeah. Uh, look at that. Jared Bam!
2: Goff. So Jared Goff has now thrown 359 consecutive passes without an interception after last night. It is the third longest streak in NFL history for most consecutive passes without an interception. Do you know who the top two are?
0: Third longest streak, most consecutive passes without an interception. Dan Marino. Not Dan Marino. Peyton Manning. Not Peyton. Keep Tom cool. Brady. Tom Brady is second that makes... on the
2: list. He, his streak actually was last season. Um, he went 399, and he came three short of I, guess time. That Dan I was going to explain Gabbard.
0: Ah, that would have. Been, I I mean, he saved have four people. Is it? Do I remember Rogers? Yes. Okay, it is. Right. Aaron
2: Rodgers had 402 right. consecutive. I think it was 2018 season. He had 402 consecutive consecutive passes uh, without an interception. So Jared Goff is uh, chasing those two right now. He needs 30 more. How many more. Is he at now? He's at 359. So if he goes to another 30 passes, he will tie Brady. Uh, And then 33, then he would tie Rogers. Should be able to make that,
0: yeah, right.
1: Unless the announcer says,
2: yeah, exactly. And then the
0: next one, 100 percent, no question. And since
2: we're talking about Orioles pitcher wins, can you guys name there are 10 20 game winners in Orioles history?
0: Mike Boddicker.
2: Uh, Yes, Boddicker. Palmer. Steve Stone. Steve Stone has the most. He had 25. 25 wins. Yes. Right. Um, Mike Uh, Cuellar. Mcnally. Yes, and yes. Hang on. Let me make sure well, McNally, right now. Wayne Heimer's
1: Garland. Second, Wayne Garland's the
2: hardest one. Scott McGregor. Wayne Garland does is on the list. Scott McGregor, right? Yep, Scotty. How many mm-hmm. we at now? You are at one, two, three, uh, seven. seven. Oh, did I mess up? Oh, I guess there is eleven guys on the list. Sorry, there is eleven guys. Yes, yeah, so we need four dinner? more.
0: Uh, Hoyt Wilhelm, not Hoyt. Nah,
1: he never one twenty. He didn't start that much. Um, why am I having Steve Barber? Steve Barber did do this. Yeah, nineteen sixty-three.
2: Dobson. Pat Dobson,
1: 1971. Yeah. All four of them.
0: Then. Yeah. So we're one shy of this. Uh, so two. you said, yeah. One, unless two, you, unless I you got four, were, 5. You should so quick. I got nine. In. I got nine, and you okay. said there's eleven. Yeah. Um.
1: We mentioned Wayne Garland, Steve. Stone. Yeah, I would have. We would have been
0: here all day, and I would have never.
1: Uh, boy, Why am I drawing? A there's point? one
2: obvious one that I don't. I don't think I heard you say. One
1: obvious one Yeah We did Dobson We did Quayar. Yeah. We, we did, did McNamara Palmer, and, Palmer. We did. and Messina never won Stone. 20 in Baltimore Messina never won
0: 20
2: Stone is 5
1: Stone. Garland 6 Barber's 7 um. mm. So there's an
2: obscure one And then and then, and then and then At least I think he's obvious Dennis Martinez Not Dennis Martinez
0: <sighs> You think Some, he's obvious Somebody
1: back there In the 60s mm-hmm.
2: Or I guess seven. Yeah 60s 70s
1: Wally what am I? What am I blanking Wally Bunker on? Bunker didn't win twenty. Uh, we, Sixty-nine.
0: Why am I? I had
1: this written down for years. I remember. Um, <laughs> Flanagan,
2: Mike Flanagan, yes. Oh, okay. okay. I yes. thought we had mentioned him. I I would say
0: win. obvious is the right, right way of well, describing it. He won a Cy young one. Yeah, it's he won true. A Cy young Award. And then.
1: So We're missing, we're missing
2: it, one more. Yes, one more. He, he, nineteen seventy five, won twenty games exactly.
0: Nineteen seventy five. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna have to yeah.
2: defer. <laughs> Go ahead, I don't need Mike Torres. Oh yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Mike Torres won twenty games I in 1975. seventy.
1: He's been a guest on the Zoom. Oh, wow, look, what are you doing, <laughs> Stan? Wait minute. didn't doing? Ross Grimsley win twenty with the Orioles? Not with the Orioles. He won. Uh, I think oh, he,
2: he won, won like eighteen or nineteen.
1: He won, like, 18 a couple times. And did he win 20 with the Expos? Not that that would count.
0: Well, it might count on the grid, depending. on. Yes, he won 20 in 1978 with the Expos. And the most he won in Baltimore was 18 and 74. He was a better pitcher. I agree with that. I agree. All right, that was good. Very good, very good. Tubular is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Orioles Red Sox this weekend. Tonight, 7 o'clock, Cal Bradish Tanner Houck on Masson. Uh, tomorrow at 4 o'clock, Jack Flaherty and Chris Sale, also on Masson. Sunday at one thirty, Grayson Rodriguez and Brian Bello. What is your uh, viewing plan for Sunday afternoon? Ooh, Both at once, or are you going to try to record one? Or? I'm
1: definitely going to record the baseball game. I will okay. probably spend more time You know, it's interesting. If it was like a one-game lead, I might very well yeah. – have the orioles and tape the but football. because they've got a little bit they, of a because they've got a four and a half game lead i think uh I so think
0: i'm gonna i'm gonna tape the Oriole game i can't, i'll have
1: i'll i'll go back and i cannot
0: though. watch recorded sports i'm just uh, I, know, I can't do it difficult. i can't do it so i will have the sound on the football game uh-huh. and the tv and then i will have the ipad with the orioles game up will be my plan for okay. sunday Uh, Speaking of that, the uh, NFL slate for Sunday, as far as local TV is concerned, as we mentioned, Texans-Ravens at 1. We're about to hear from Adam Archuleta, who will be on the call, followed by Eagles-Patriots at 425 on CBS. The Fox local games, Cardinals-Commanders at 1, Packers-Bears at 425. And, yes, that means that the Chargers-Dolphins game, which is arguably the most exciting game of the slate on Sunday, you will not be able to watch locally because... Sure. NBC's got Cowboys Giants today 20. Yay, can't wait for that big Sunday night football matchup. College football tomorrow. I can't. That's just it's very annoying. NBC Charlotte Maryland 7:30. CBS Sports Network Wagner and Navy at 3:30. Uh n- this game will air on what is now Monumental Sports. The former NBC Sports Washington has officially changed to name. Monumental Sports Net. Oh, and Towson Monmouth will air State. on Monumental Sports Network tomorrow night at six o'clock yeah. with our buddy Spiro on the call. Oh good. M- Morgan States at Akron tomorrow night six o'clock on ESPN Plus. Man, you know Morgan got a huge win to open the season down at Richmond. That was stunning. They beat they Richmond? beat Richmond to wow. open the season. Really big Where's win. Who's the coach them? at Morgan? Damon year? Wilson. Damon Wilson, who's yeah. in his second year now. Uh, he had been at Bowie State, where he had turned them into okay. a bit of a power. Good for him. Uh, Stevenson's at home tomorrow afternoon. Nobody else playing in the afternoon. Maybe you stop by Stevenson. Check them out. Uh, also, our broadcast will be on GoMustangSports.tv as they take on Lebanon Valley. That's at 1 o'clock. That's at Mustang Stadium. Mustang Stadium, They have indeed. not
1: sold that yet. The, uh, no, the
0: naming right. rights? I think they keep waiting for it to become Press Box Field at Mustang <laughs> Stadium or something like that. We should get on that. We should look into that and see yeah. if we can't make that I'll happen. I'll let you and John work Okay, on. we'll work on that then. Uh, U.S. Open men's semifinals tonight. Ben, or this afternoon. You know, ben you know what would be
1: a great name. Yes, it would be Glenn Clark twenty-three Stan St- Charles twenty-three, <laughs> 23, 23 stadium.
0: stadium. I like yeah. that. Superbook at Super. Hang on, Glenn Clark twenty-three Stan Charles twenty-three Field at Superbook Stadium. At Superbook. We maybe work Ste- with our. I don't know if the, the NCAA might frown upon it. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh ESPN today for the men's semifinals Ben Shelton and Novak Djokovic that's at three followed by Daniil Medvedev and Carlos Alcaraz the women's final tomorrow at four on ESPN Coco Goff and Arena Sabalenka at four I'm going to put a slight amount of money on Goff I know I said I thought Sabalenka was the favorite but I don't know I'm getting what I'm getting swept up in the moment right it's now it's like with nearly a pick them right uh it, I, if it is that's a that, that moved a little bit because it opened can, with can you just watch an event now What do you mean? Just watch it rather than... Oh, and bet on it? Yeah. (laughs) If I care about it, that's interesting, right? I don't know that I'll put any money on the Ravens on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Despite the fact that I'm confident they're going to cover. But tennis, if I care... I don't know what it is. I feel like I have to. (laughs) The men's final will be Sunday at 4 o'clock on ESPN. Everything else, you can go to com. I guess the big college football game this weekend is Alabama-Texas, right? That's the one. That's on.
2: Colorado-Nebraska ES- is probably the biggest. It's
0: not, but I get it. Uh, uh, Texas-Alabama, 7 o'clock on ESPN tomorrow night. And yes, Colorado-Nebraska at noon on Fox. Some non-sports highlights at all?
2: Not a whole lot. Uh, there's a movie on Prime called "Sitting in Bars with Cake," which has Yara Shahidi, who I like, and Odessa Azione, and they take case to bars. Bette Midler's in it as well. What? Yeah, it's a it's a random movie. There's not a whole lot going on right now. Apple TV has a new show called "The Changeling" with Lakeith Stanfield, uh, and it's like a horror do like fairy tale. Stanfield. Yeah, this one looks Everything's like well a done. Horror fairy. Yeah, everything.
0: It's not wrong. It <laughs> it pretty is. much is that yeah. is
2: how it is described. It's like a horror. It's like a modern horror fairy tale in New York City. Um, it, it's like, I get a lot of Jordan Peele vibes from it. It Looks kind okay. of like us. Uh-huh. Um, that's on Apple TV Plus. The boy, Changeling. It's, boy, it's bad. It is. And boy, it's bad. And and the, it's the Walking not getting... Dead Daryl Dixon uh series premiere on AMC Sunday night for the Walking Dead fan for the Deddies, I don't know. What sure.
0: Know. The Deadheads, I believe, it's a well, new that's term grateful. they came up with. Well, yeah. that's great. No, no, no dead, Deadheads. Right? Oh, okay. I think it's what they call uh, Walking
2: Dead. Penultimate feet. episode of Winning Time.
0: Go that's sad. And Jeff Man. Perlman's like talking about how he's not sure there's gonna get be a, a third season. And they just right. finally got in the final, the last episode. They just finally got the Pat Riley being elevated to head coach. And so like, there's still a lot of ground to cover. And with the with the strike, like Jeff Perlman is worried yeah. that like there's just. And I, this might happen to a lot of other things where stuff's just gonna stop. It's happened with the pandemic where like Glow was a really popular show on Netflix and the pandemic just hit when it did and they couldn't film and they were like, Yeah, we're actually we're done. And they were like, What? Like, no, we're just done. Huh? it's it's doing well. Why would Nah, we're just done. And I think that's there's gonna be some similar stories like that coming out of the strike where shows that, that are good and do well, like, people are just gonna move on and have other projects and not go back to work. Yeah, sucks. Uh,
2: Troy's been chiming in all all morning,
0: so oh, I just want to shout him
2: out. Yeah, and he says uh, the, the uh, lo- among the worst games, he says gold pants game should be uh, up well, there. Just because,
0: the because they wore those pants. Yeah, that's a great point. As far as memories go, that was the bad seat. That was the Joe Flacco got hurt season, right? Yes. Where they yeah. pulled those pants. Yeah. God, God. What that was that? Was... was that 15? Yes. Yes, that had to be. Because Kamar
2: Aiken had Christ. what? Like, did he have 1,000 yards? No. I was joking
0: about that with John and Little Rock last night when he was clowning on uh, Kadarius Tony. And I'm like, that guy was so bad, he could have been a 2015 yeah. Baltimore Ravens receiver. I mean, right. yeah, he
2: was playing like he got he was playing like he got drafted in the first round. No by doubt. The Ravens. Uh, and he has three predictions for the weekend, or three things that will happen. Orioles okay. get win 90. Yes. In Boston, the Ravens will win, and Lamar Jackson gets a run over 45 y- yards and throws a touchdown.
0: Oh, is, is he betting on those things? Is that the parlay that I don't he's know, playing Troy, this you? weekend? Yeah. Are right? you Troy? Got that enough. would be a good parlay.
2: Yeah. Two Orioles wins. Or
1: what, what do we have now? 88 wins.
2: Yes. So they got to take two or three.
1: And they're reasonable to predictions. Think back Modest. to that series, the opening series
0: against there. Boston. Yeah, and right. The drop ball mm-hmm. by McKenna. Oh, and we were panicked. Were panicked. Panicked.
1: panicked. <laughs> but not for him. We'd have 89 wins. It's a great
0: point. That son of a bitch. What are we doing here?
1: <laughs> and maybe it's the extra pitches that Felix Bautista. Right. Had yeah. Correct. He might have had an extra God. eight or ten. That's it. Pitches. I hate him. Got to have an extra uh, game. It's
0: <laughs> not true. I like Ryan. Ryan's a good guy. All right, very good. Stan, you will be on with the boys tomorrow morning? Yes, sir. And you will have power rankings up on Monday? Power rankings Monday and Monday
1: at 4. Ross and uh, Luke and I will be uh, doing their thing on
0: Zoom. Facebook.com slash Pressback Sports is where you can watch it. Uh, At Stan the Fan, of course, on Twitter is how you follow him. Appreciate you. Uh, of course, busy weekend. Project Game Day returns on Sunday. Hope you will join Rita and I for that immediately following the game. And we really mean join, like just jump in. I will send a link for the room. You can come in with us and hang and chat. And we'll pull you up and bring you into the show like a, you were calling into a radio show. We're looking forward to doing that for the first time with Project. Game Can you Angel.
1: easily get rid of somebody? Like, if I were to call the yeah. – if I were yeah, to I zoom just, in. Can, right, and you start and dropping – all of a sudden I just start yeah, d- babbling about something. And talking about go, the Orioles. I don't like so this guy
0: I'm going to have to get an answer to that question from John I mean, yeah, Colson in five minutes. If you're I the host, assume. yeah. I would assume that's the case. Yeah. All right, very good. We look forward to that. Um, thanks to today, Adam Archuleta, who you're about to hear from, Sean Salisbury, Lamont Jordan, Bo Smolka. Good show today. Yeah, it was a great show today. Had a lot of fun with that one today. We'll get it all up in the Greatest Hits section of the... Oh, my God, it's so good. ...tab at glennclarkradio.com. And on Monday, a, our friend Aditi Kinkabwala mm-hmm. will join us after she works the broadcast this weekend. So I look forward to that as well. All right, thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners. Visit Baltimore, Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, the Maryland Five Star, Glory Days Grill, Dorchester County, the Bowie Bay Sox, Royal Farms, Casa Sins, Superbook Sports, Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, Easy Pass MD. Harford County, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great weekend. Go Birds. Go Ravens. Go Terps. Go Navy. Go Towson. Go Morgan. Duke sucks. We wrap up today's show. We had to do this a little bit earlier on because of his travel schedule and opportunity to catch up with Adam Archuleta ahead of Ravens Texans. Well, indeed, we're getting ready for Ravens-Texans, the season opener Sunday, and you can hear our next guest as he will be alongside Spiro Deeds and Aditi Kinkabwala on CBS. He is former NFL safety Adam Archuleta, and he's with us this morning here on GCR. Adam, it's Glenn and Stan in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us.
11: Oh, yes. Good morning. It's that time again, and uh, I know I'm excited, and I'm sure you guys are, too.
0: We should have gotten you a card, like, happy football season. That's <laughs> on us. We'll send a fruit basket. We'll make sure there's a fruit basket waiting in the booth for you on Sunday to welcome back football season. Well, now that
11: you apologize, I could take you off my people to kill list, <laughs> but uh, that's all right.
0: Touche. Touche. Uh, uh, we deserved it. Adam, uh, um, so, you know, we're in a weird place in Baltimore, right, where – you know, the history of this franchise is defense, 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 defense. And then I look at this team coming into this year and I say, "Boy, I am really nervous about the secondary, particularly without Marlon Humphrey on sunday. Uh, i'm I'm at, at, at least a little bit apprehensive about the edge rush. Are, are we watching a time where perhaps the pendulum is swinging for the Ravens as a franchise from being defensive minded? To sort of openly acknowledging, hey, we're going to have to win with our offense moving forward?
11: Well, if you don't, then you're going to be sadly disappointed because, yeah. I mean, that's, that's who you guys are. And um, that's what you really have to be if you invest and you have a superstar quarterback like Lamar Jackson, right? So you're not going to have a guy like that. You're not going to pay a guy like that $250-some million some 1000000 dollars and still be a defensive football team. And so uh, you may feel a little bit apprehensive, but I, 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 wouldn't, I think that's kind of a glass-half-empty approach. I think I would be more excited uh, to see what the new possibilities are. And, and if everything pans out, you know, you're going into this season healthy, um, it could be an exciting season for you. So I would, I would maybe challenge you to kind of you know, shift your frame I, of thinking into, for, from apprehension to, hey, what are our possibilities? This could be a pretty fun year.
1: Tell us a little bit about your understanding of what a Todd Munkin offense is going to look like.
11: Uh, well, um, have you seen the movie Interstellar? I
1: have, yes. It's been a little while. I, I haven't, while. Yeah. but I... Yeah. Yeah.
11: Well, I could probably explain that a little bit better than <laughs> I can explain <laughs> what to expect. Um, um, I, you know, I have no idea because there's, there's so many unknowns what you do know is you have all the ingredients to be a pretty good offense, right? This could be, I mean, if we're looking at our upside, this could be a really, uh, a fun, devastating offense to watch Just Think about the production. I know it's kind of gone down a little bit. Lamar's been hurt, but you've still been an offensive scored around, you know, 28, 30 points a game. Right. And that's with out all the different weapons, you know? So, um, I think that's going to be one of the more fun things to see this season. How does he put it all together? Look, there's been a lot of talk. There's been a lot of hype. They're going to throw the ball around. They've got just ridiculous speed and talent on that side of the football. You know, how he's able to put it together. I I wouldn't expect it all to work out, you know, on Sunday. And and it might take some time to try to figure all this stuff out, but – Um, I think that's one of the mysteries of this season. I think that's one of the more fun aspects if you're a Baltimore fan to see exactly how it is going to play out and exactly how he's going to be able to put it all together. Because, again, let's face it, I I know it's easy to get on hype trains before any game has started, but uh, there's there's some exciting pieces to this offense. And and I think kind of the question marks kind of make it maybe a little bit more exciting because you really don't know how it's going to work out. But at least you're going into this season with a lot of optimism rather than, wow, we've got a lot of holes to fill, and you know it's not looking good like there's some teams uh, that are getting ready to start Sunday off.
1: Adam, I was wondering, though, if you could talk a little bit about what you just addressed, that it might not all happen the first week, the second week, the third week. How much does football 2023 and the fact that nobody plays anymore in actual preseason games – how much does that slow the growth of the cohesion of this offense?
11: Well, I, I, I don't think it's much different than it's always been because let's face it, teams are very different at the end of the season than they are at the beginning of the season. And so it's going to be – there's always growth. And I think – it is kind of a cliche, but you're not trying to be at your best on opening day, right? And so how they put it together, how this offense evolves, how everybody stays healthy. I mean, it's, it's going to be a much different football team and a much different offense six weeks from now, mm-hmm. 10 weeks from now, 16 weeks from now than it is today. And I think it's just that's just the nature of it. Um, and so, look, we don't know what it's going to look like. I don't. You guys maybe do because you're here. Maybe you've seen some practices. We
0: still don't. We I don't promise know. What, you. <laughs> right? Yeah.
11: You know, we don't know what it's going to look like, but we do you know, feel like there is a shift to get Lamar to the next level. You know, I think the offense that they ran with Greg Roman, I thought it, it really served him well to have really good early success to capitalize on his, his unbelievable strengths and abilities that he has. Um, but he probably, let's face it, is maxed out. Now, um, can he take the next step? I think that's going to be fun to watch. I don't know if he can or not. But I do know that um, he's got a better chance to see if this can be a, a more balanced offense, a more passing centric offense. Um, and so they're going to have all the tools and all the weapons at their disposal. But it's not going to look the same in, in a few, in, you know, two months as it is on opening day.
0: He is, of course, Adam Archuleta. He'll be on the call with Spiro Deeds and Aditi Kinkabwala Sunday, one o'clock on CBS for Ravens Texans. Adam, uh, I, w- I do want you to know that, like, my apprehensions about the defense are Matt. Like, I am overwhelmed with excitement about what this offense could be. So, I, but let me go back to the defense if I could, because there's there's one player, and you being a safety that I think could be a huge difference maker. We were really impressed as Kyle Hamilton's season went along last year. At the beginning of the year, it was a bit shaky. And then as the season went along, he really settled in nicely and looked like a difference maker and a legitimate playmaker at this level. What did you see from Kyle Hamilton? And do you feel like there's an opportunity for him to take a legitimate star turn here in year two?
11: Well, I do. And I think it's just it's kind of what we just talked about uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, it, it, there's, there's a getting comfortable period. And especially for a young guy like Kyle Hamilton, um, you got to figure out what are your strengths? What do you do? Well, Mike McDonald, they got to figure out, Hey, how do we put all these pieces together on this defense? Not only as a team, but how do we maximize and figure out what gets each individual player to be able to play at their peak? Right, And so I think as you saw the season go on and they started moving him around and they started kind of playing him close to the line of scrimmage. You know, I could tell you as a player, and especially as a safety, um, who I, I had a definite strength of, of being down in the box and blitzing and being a part of the run game. When you're not comfortable and you're not really sure and you're just kind of out there managing, you're a different player. But if you start to get in your wheelhouse and then you start to experience a little bit of success, you know, confidence is a real thing. Yeah. And so you start to feel yourself as a player and you start to say, okay, you know, I can really do some things out here, right? And then all of a sudden you start playing with instincts and you start playing with, with some freedom and you're not playing, you know, on your heels. And I think you saw that sort of happen for Kyle last year. Um, and so that was very encouraging to see. I'm always a big believer that, you want to play with instincts, you want to make fast decisions, you want to be able to commit and be able to trust your eyes and go out there and play what you see. And if he can continue to do that, I agree with you guys. I think um, I think he's a fantastic player, and I think the sky's the limit.
0: I like the sounds of that.
1: Uh, let's take a quick turnover to the other side of the ball. A uh, Houston Texans team that was 3-13 and last year, under 313 and one. Yes. I don't want to take yes. away that one. It was matters. Um, That did Lovey Smith in. Tell us a little bit about what you know about how different this team's going to be. And clearly, they're not going to be the same team this Sunday that they will be in six or eight weeks.
11: Well, sure. And Houston fans, hopefully, uh, they're, they're saying the same thing. Um, listen, this is a team, and I've seen them quite a bit in the last couple of years. Um, I'm, I'm very close with Levy Smith. Um, it's a team that, look, when you are struggling to find your identity and who you are, you don't have somebody that you feel real strongly about that can take you to another level on the, at the quarterback position, um, you're going to struggle. And so I think when you look at the Texans, I think Stroud, I think, I think he has a bright future. Of course, look, you never know how it's ultimately going to pan out. Uh, when you have a rookie quarterback, but he checks all the boxes. So they've got that. I think D'Amico Ryan is a perfect coach for the Houston Texans. Um, They, they invested heavily. It's not going to help them out on Sunday, but they invested heavily in their offensive line. Um, But they're down some horses, you know, up there. So they're, you know, that's, that's a little bit unfortunate, but they have invested and they have some key foundational pieces on the offensive line, which is essential. uh, If you're going to be a good football team and, and you know one thing that was strikingly missing from their defense, besides tackling and uh, good assignment, sound football, was uh, the lack of a front, a front four. Um, they really struggled. They had no difference makers on the front four. Um, Will Anderson, he checks all the boxes as well, right? And so if you want to – foundational pieces of your team, quarterback, offensive line, defensive front, you know, those are the key ingredients that you have to have. And they've made steps to address those with really, you know, high quality, good players and coaches that have a lot of upside. And so again, they're, they're in a much different place. Like I would go into their season, you know, with apprehension. Like, I don't know if it's going to work out, how it's going to work out. It's probably not going to be great, but at least, there's something to get excited about. Yeah. Last year, I don't think you could have said that. I,
0: I actually think that they could be an interesting team. I'm not trying to yeah. suggest they're going to compete for something, but, man, there's a lot of really nice pieces there that I like. I just think it's extraordinary to ask for that in week one. Um, Adam, if I could, like, you know, you're going to be doing a lot of CBS and AFC, of course, because of that, although I know this year there's going to be more mixing and matching with Fox. I, the, the AFC is just murderer's row right now, right? Like, it's just so insanely loaded and so many good quarterbacks – um, obviously, you know, the Chiefs didn't look great last night in game one, but they'll get Travis Kelsey back, and that'll probably change a little bit of that. And Patrick Mahomes, I don't think, is, is going to stop being Patrick Mahomes. What does it take for a team like the Ravens? How do any of these teams in the AFC separate themselves in a conference that's just so insanely loaded with all of the best quarterbacks in football not named Jalen Hurts?
11: Um, I, don't, I don't think you separate yourself quite honestly. Um, I really don't, not, not if you're, you know, one of the halves, right. And, and I think the Ravens are in that category. Um, you're not going to separate yourself. You're not going to run away with it because they're just too good. I mean, just look at your division. Cincinnati is tough. I think, um, you know, Pittsburgh's always tough. I, it, this is a tough division. It may not, you know, um, but no, they're not going to separate themselves, but it's kind of, again, what we talked about earlier on the show, it's how do you, how does this thing build? Right? You say it, and and it's important for every single team in the National Football League, but especially with the Ravens, you got to stay healthy, right? Um, Look, Lamar Jackson has proven a lot, okay? He has an impressive resume, but really, it doesn't really matter what he does in the season because now he's going to be defined by the playoffs, okay? Every quarterback. Who's, who's that young guy, whether it's Burrow or Mahomes or Jalen Hurts. Lamar's in that category, but what do they have? They've got postseason success. So whether that means stay healthy, whether that means get there and ball out like you've always done, to me that's that's really what this season comes down to. Can this Ravens team stay healthy? And then Lamar has to take it into another gear. Um, I do believe they're gonna, the Ravens are going to be a playoff football team, but – When they get in the postseason, I mean, really, that's what Lamar and the Ravens are going to be defined by is that kind of
8: success.
1: Adam, I got one last question for you, and it's a little bit not above your pay grade but different than what you're usually analyzing. You used to play for the Washington Redskins. There's a lot of talk now about changing the name. The new ownership group has made it clear that one name they won't change to Will be going back to the Redskins. Does that matter at all to the players on the field? And what do you really think of the name Commanders? <laughs> <laughs> um,
11: I, I, I'm i I'm a bit of a traditionalist, and and I enjoy like being nostalgic. Um, and so I like the original name personally. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I. I still, when I talk to, you know, my friends, I still say it. Um, I don't say it on TV, uh, but um, I don't think ultimately uh, the players really care. The players care about getting better. I think maybe um, alumni may care, you Mm -hmm. know, now that you don't really have to worry about getting ready to play a game on Sunday. But really, to the guys in the locker room, I mean, this is kind of stuff that, um, let's be honest, it's kind of irrelevant. You may have an opinion on what name you'd like, but at the end of the day, uh, it really has nothing to do with getting ready to play and, and, and trying to build your career and trying to be a great player. But, I mean, I guess for fans and media, I guess it's something else to talk about. Um, whatever the name is, I'll say the right name on television. And, uh, <laughs>
0: it's, a man, it's a man who wants to stay employed. <laughs> That's what I know. It is Commanders or whatever they tell me it is next week. That's the name that we go with. Uh, Adam is I actually, a, yeah. I actually
11: find myself saying, um, just calling him Washington, quite honestly, because yeah. it's just easier. It's right? a, it's a um, great way but, to
0: avoid any, yeah right? 100 yeah. percent. It's a great way. Uh, Adam, is there anything else we can plug for you that you have going on these days? No, man, just check us out. I'm
11: excited. Um, the last couple of years, I was with Gumble, and I'm back with Spiro. Spiro is one, one of my true great friends. I'm looking forward to this season. I'm excited. So just watch and uh, don't get too upset out there if uh, if I'm not glowingly gushingly positive about your team if if you're not uh, if they're not playing oh, well. No, you know how this so, goes. That's all I I mean. I you, got.
0: you hate us. You're the. You've always hated us. You know. I yes, can't serious. believe they should, can't <laughs> believe they keep putting Archuleta on the games. Yeah. God. No, no. We yeah. we understand, brother. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, enjoy your time in Baltimore. We'll try to say hello. Thanks so much for taking the time for us this morning.
10: Yeah, guys, no problem.